Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME. Welcome to episode 431 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Justin Allen Memorial Studio of the Airways. If you want to get in on the studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Who is joining me? Ooh, Disgrace Suicide Squad member Chris Antista. And <laughs> Disgrace the Suicide Squad member Matthew oh, Allen. God damn it, I don't want any of this David Ayer not egg on my face. Ugh. And special guest... Hi, reporting from my bunker deep below Guantanamo Bay, it's Steve Gutley. <laughs> that is a reference to a game that we will be talking about a little later in the show. Steve, first tell people where they can hear you. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'm one of the hosts of the We Universe podcast. Uh, we were Ultra 64 before. You can still find us there at uh, Twitter, Ultra 64 Podcast. We played every game in the Nintendo 64 catalog. And now we are playing every single game in the Wii U catalog, including one that we just covered with Michael. Yeah, you brave, uh, brave soldiers. <laughs> brave, brave soldiers. We're on the front lines doing the work that needs to be done by playing nobody. All the Wii U games. <laughs> at, at some point, you, I, I would really love like a, a concrete number on how many things are still Wii U exclusive. We're trying to figure that out. So far, we're at like three. Wow. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> Nintendo Land, Game and Wario, and the game that we're going to talk about in a little bit here. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and of the games we've played so far, yeah. I mean, does, does Arkham City count as an exclusive if that's the only version that has the armor that flies onto him or whatever when he gets a good I mean, combo going? It's the armored edition. Yeah. I think, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally different game. So, yeah. And, um, <laughs> well, you, you asked me on to discuss, again, I don't want to spoil it, one of the games that we will be talking about in this week's top five. But it gave me an idea for a top five. This game that we're talking about was a very hyped game for a bunch of years. It was going to be like the big solo debut of a, a major, like a big, big name designer after he had split from his former employer. And I realized like there's at least a few stories like that in this industry where like a big name creator strikes out on their own. And their project is gets a gets a lot of hype, and then it gets stuck in development hell for years, and then it comes out, and nobody likes it. It is a big flop. Or, if you're Peter Molyneux, it just never comes out. I mean, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or it comes out, and you can't actually grow that apple tree, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one of the yeah, that's one of the early ones. It's it's mm. the ones in the recent years. I guess those some of those came out via mobile anyway. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no Molly New games on our list. Just no, spoiler no. right there. Yeah, so oh, wow, there probably should have been. But I love I love this idea. Like there really there was a time when video game developers were becoming like name brand. They were putting their names above the titles on their video games, and that's not really right. something you see anymore. But that was kind of an interesting time when we had these like rock star auteur directors 
who were like really putting a stamp on things, and I yeah. think that's kind of been subsumed a little bit by the corporate I, I, culture. Like Archer yeah, McLean's Mercury, come on, ah, come on, Archer <laughs> McLean. What was the one? Oh, what was the one you brought up on on thirty twenty ten games? Uh, uh, David Crane presents. Uh, I think the sequel <laughs> yeah. to a, a Boy in His. Blob. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, the Boy in His Blob guy had his name above the title in the Game Boy one. But I think <laughs> I, I think as games get bigger, it's. You can't really confuse the process with movies, and even movies right. require. Uh, uh, it's not enough to have like a, a smart, savvy auteur. It's like, dude, you have to. These people also have to juggle a studio of hundreds. You have to add that into being a creative visionary. And most creative visionaries, if you go throughout history, can't do that at all. They're impossible to work with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I think that's why you see these things. These things falter, like when they when they like get away from their bosses, they can't really push vision into something commercial um and that's where you get that's where we get these top five games from yeah i I think in an industry that started we have to remember like credits were not a thing like the first credits in a game had to be an easter egg because people were like no um like chris makes the point that this is the point is like games are made by hundreds of people and it's really tough to be like one person is going to put their stamp on it whereas in movies the director, for the most part, has final say. He's going to tell you exactly what shot he wants when he wants yeah. it. He's going to be there in the editing bay. Or he shepherded the script. He wrote it. Uh, like there's there's way too it. much going on with games for most people to say, oh, yeah, this one guy. And I think what we see with a lot of these on our list is like the, the one guy might get credit over the years. And then the second they strike out and they lose a lot of their supporting cast, like the guys yeah. who've been with them for decades, like you go, oh, it wasn't. It was that guy's team that yeah. did those games, you know? It's... Yeah, I mean, I, I push back against auteur theory in general just because nobody makes a movie on their own right. or, like, makes a game on their own. But it, with games in particular, like, it's hard to know who's necessarily at the top of the food chain with most game developments. Sometimes right. they get swapped out or, like, there's multiple people who are at the same position. While, meanwhile, like a, a film, like you can tell a David Fincher film when you see a David Fincher film, regardless right. of how many people worked on it. Or a so, David Lynch film. Exactly, exactly. There's an imprint yeah. that you can see uh, in movies that you can see, then you, uh, that's a little more clearly than you can in games. Conversely, you have the Undertale guy. There are independent games, like oh, almost absolutely. entirely yeah. overseen yeah. by, yeah. it just, it's not the common, uh, it's not common. Yeah. Sure, that's yeah, what. exactly. A lot of it's the skill set, too. The, the the difference in, like, so when, you know, even when these, these games would be like, um, hey, I'm going to have this guy's name above the title of the game. Who is that guy? For some of them, it's the designer. For some, mm-hmm. it's, like, the director. It's, like, it's it's really hard to figure and out. Sometimes it's John Madden. John Madden made <laughs> yeah, the right, best football right. game ever. John Madden's football. He made the football. Nothing else. <laughs> just the football. He really gave it 110%. Buy the DLC. I don't know what John Madden sounds like. He does not have a southern accent. <laughs> can't, Bill, can't Bill Lambeer's <laughs> Fuck You Basketball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. But, yeah, I love this concept, though, because, like, working with a group that large is a skill I think a lot of people think they have and they probably don't. No. And, and that's why I think true gaming visionaries, like, have to have that, too. And you don't hear about their name that often because they can share credit with a bunch of people they work with yeah and i I think these stories are all a little bit tragic in that it's easy to imagine like you know some some visionary game designer who's like i've got this really cool idea for a game that's brewing and i finally want to make it without any studio interference and you know i get to call the shots i design is king i get i get to be in charge and then it's just like well but they you don't have any of the 
skills that all those studio people were bringing right. to the table of managing people and keeping to a deadline and managing feature creep and all that other stuff. So you know, things just kind of get out of hand. And uh, what was what was probably a beautiful vision at some point just becomes relegated to the bargain pan. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's funny is is my understanding of the way game teams are structured in Japan actually does lend itself to more of this auteur thing, but yeah. the nature of Japanese companies, very rarely do they give one person credit for something. Like, because their game directors are more what we would think of as like a movie director. Like, those are the guys, like, you might call them a creative director would be the equivalent here or something, but it's mm-hmm. like, they, they actually have a lot more power, but just the nature of Japanese culture and game development, the other than Miyamoto... Uh, it's very rare that you'll see like a Japanese developer become like a name. <laughs> he was shit. Yeah. yeah, but even then, you're not you're not seeing like Shigeru Miyamoto presents Super Mario Galaxy. You know, you're not seeing right. anything like that. It's that that shit is yeah. still so baff. I I remember reading his salary was two hundred thousand dollars a year, and I'm just still like, what? Like even the president doubled that like six years ago. Yeah, yeah. But I think Yamauchi was like when when Hiroshi Yamauchi was still in charge of Nintendo, he was like crowing about like. I get Miyamoto for like a normal salary. I don't yeah. have to pay him millions of dollars. That's so oh, crazy. God. You think like just like if that dude was on Cameo tomorrow, like I would <laughs> he'd be besting Gilbert Gottfried. Mm-hmm. Um, please to enjoy your birthday. <laughs> but anyway, let's dig into these uh, top five beautiful disasters right after this. It is summer, the sun's out in full force, which means you and your friends should be out of the pool or the beach when you do venture out. Hopefully, you're not rocking that unsightly body hair or those disgusting post-pandemic toenails. <sighs> Nothing gives a below-the-belt blow to your confidence more than looking like you're wearing a sweater made of body hair at the pool. Gross! Don't worry, my friends. Our friends at Manscaped have you covered, so you can uncover to beat the heat. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. The performance package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer will change the way you approach your grooming routine. This fourth-generation trimmer features advanced skin-safe technology to reduce grooming nicks and cuts. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags on your boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off. This trimmer is also waterproof so you can trim in the shower and not worry about any cleanup on aisle D. D is in these nuts. <laughs> the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top and your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. <sighs> this nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in all the sensitive little nostrils and ears of yours. Oh, little sensitive baby. Little uh, Once you're finished mowing the lawn and trimming back those weeds, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to keep you on your game in the heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. It's also flip-flop season, which means you want your feet and toes to look their best. Enter the Shears 2.0 Nail Grooming Kit. This luxury four-piece nail grooming kit features tempered stainless steel tools and includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Easy for me to say. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. 
contain the summer swamp in your pants with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And we're back to talk about what? Beautiful disaster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we found the 311 fan. Somebody jump in. Invest- <laughs> investigate 311. What, what should we call this? Like... It- you know, disappointing like games made by big name developers. Uh, oh, I thought I thought I had something earlier, like uh, I don't know, not flying too close to the sun, but mm. when you're like let mm. off your leash mm-hmm. and mm. you immediately get hit by a car. <laughs> Auteur is unleashed. Auteur is unleashed. That's not bad. Um, but yeah, wow. anyway, let, let's let's just jump into these. Beginning. Two words that don't belong together at all. It's perfect. Auteur is unleashed. Auteur is unleashed. Just imagine running around the neighborhood, peeing on all the bushes. Anyway. <laughs> Number five. Oh, 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 oh. Now here's Wonderwall. Something bothering you, Ivan? The prison's been on emergency power. Got to my playing time straight to hell. Blame that on the troubled topside. That's what I need your help with. I don't do prison riots. Well, it's a lot tougher than you think, but I think you like the reward. I cut about a minute out of that drum solo, I think. But, um, <laughs> Roughly, yeah. Yeah, Steve, you want to tell people what this is? Oh boy, this is a Wii U exclusive called Devil's Third from Tobinobu Itagaki. Yeah. And Man. We talked about this for like an hour on your show. And, we uh, did, yes. Yeah, Michael was gracious enough to come on and subject himself to this game for, for our amusement. I finished uh, it. My God. You, you're the only one. You're the only, you're, you're, you're more dedicated than the hosts of the show. I yeah, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember, like, uh, uh, like Greg would have been a good guest for this because when we were working together, he talked about this game like, duh, I can't fucking wait for Devil's Third. And, oh uh, and I remember all this disappointing news like, the split the multiplayer up is there multiplayer in this there, there was not by the time i <laughs> got anymore. my hands on it yes. no. yeah and that that's that's so okay devil's third combination hack and slash and shooter starring a guy named ivan who's covered with tattoos he's some sort of ex-terrorist who lives in a secret bunker deep underneath guantanamo bay and uh, has a drum set and a bunch of other perks that he gets for running secret missions for the Department of Defense. He gets called out to to deal with a prison riot in Gitmo that happens after a worldwide EMP blast destroys all satellites and, and a bunch of other stuff happens. I don't know, but the, this version of Guantanamo is, uh, a, you know, a full-on high-security prison filled with American inmates, which is a little weird, but okay. <laughs> um, and and yeah, so it has the the single-player campaign, which is not great, and the multiplayer. Which actually got praised a lot when when it launched, but then apparently had a problem with like pay to win uh, microtransactions, and because not a lot of people were that attracted by the base game, uh, it did very poorly and was shut down in like a year. So like yeah. allegedly the also, best part of the game you can no longer play. I would also say it was a Wii U online game mm, from a yeah. Yeah, is it is this third party or first party? This, this is, is third, uh, party. third party. It's Valhalla. Valhalla Game Studios and Nintendo published okay. it only it, after it, a lot of pressure from fans. It did come to Steam eventually, I believe. I, I think, think it, it was exclusively Devil's Third Online. They just singled out the multiplayer and made that its own game on Steam. Okay, so and that like was you Nexon. Could play. Yeah, Nexon did yeah. that one. I remember. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you could play that one without having to uh, muddle through Ivan's Kill Bill-esque tale. I, I love that our first entry undercuts my Japanese auteur theory that it doesn't happen so often. It does happen, by the way. I'm looking at our list. Yeah, well, this, but, is, uh, this I mean, is Tomonobu Itagaki of yeah. uh, Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive, striking out on his own. Well, not, not quite on his own. He founded his own studio, Valhalla. And this was what they produced. And yeah, we, we talked about this again on your show. It went through several stages of development. Hell was originally going to be an Xbox exclusive published by Microsoft and got dropped mm -hmm. and then pub picked up by a South Korean publisher, which went out of business and dropped it. And yeah, finally Nintendo and yeah, Ninten Nintendo didn't even want to publish it after seeing it. They, mm. they were trying to drop it <laughs> off of their don't servers. Blame them. I don't really blame them either, but the uh, the fans uh, rallied for it and really uh, put some pressure on Nintendo. So Nintendo released the game with like 500 copies. Like they barely released this game. They really wanted to sweep it under the rug as much as possible. Yeah. And understandably, because Itagaki's games were talked about by hardcore game fans. Like, uh, yeah, who wouldn't want to see all the Ninja Gaiden games and the Dead or Alive games? Fuck yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm I mean, trying to think Itagaki. what Itagaki's brand is, though. Like, cause, like, yeah. that's what's so, his brand is, I wear sunglasses and leather jackets. I guess the hyper violence is his brand, cause Ninja Gaiden remakes were, were pretty can, violent. Can't confirm. Yeah. Hyper violence and sexy ladies. I also love saying, uh, I, I had to inter, help Michael in an interview with him as an intern for like my third day in the games industry. Oh, really? And I'm like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? And Michael's like, it's fine. I got this and did most of the talking. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was like the, my, one of my first huge things that I've ever done. And Michael was much more relaxed than me. Hmm. And, and he was, he was like super cool, by the way. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I, I, I only mean, remember meeting him for, for Dragon Sword, I think. No, we interviewed him. Did we? Are you um, sure it wasn't someone else? Maybe, but it might have been for Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Was that somebody mm. else? Yeah. But it, it, well, I think somebody else came to talk to us about Sigma, and I asked, like, stupid no, questions about, there. like, you you like to program direct to the metal. Does that mean that PS3 is better? I, that's exactly what I remember you saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our boss told me to ask that question. I didn't really understand it at the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, Itagaki's kind of a good exemplar of this basic idea because he was like a brand unto himself. He was yeah. this like, like I don't know, he stood out from the other Japanese developers because he was kind of cocky and he wore sunglasses and the leather jacket and like, projected this kind of air of cool about him and and he well, had some I, I, contentious say, interviews yeah in japan like uh when you go to a game show or a comic-con the game makers are there signing autographs of all this shit and they would you know try and do that here a lot and i, I could see a lot of confusion on a lot of gamers faces like i don't know you i know this fictional character starring in the game but the japanese did or at least like were polite about it would line up around the block for a game developer of his stature uh, yeah. to get his autograph yeah he it's was true. one of the first um i'd say rockstar game developers i can think of that didn't work for rockstar but like literally mm -hmm. like his persona was i'm i'm a cool looking rockstar like think of think of the will Wrights of the world or the sin myers they're kind of geeky looking dudes yeah. whereas this guy's like nah man i, I look badass like i look like yeah, i he's the japanese cliffy b <laughs> exactly yeah cliffy b is a good example you know like yeah that, yeah you take a guy like sid meyer no i don't think anyone knows what sid meyer looks like but you can no probably, idea you could probably imagine like he's just kind of a bespectacled bespectacled older man who likes video games but like you know itagaki and cliffy b were, like, i imagine, I imagine and, like, he looks like the guy cool that and, like, jesse 
I imagine he looks like the the guy who cooked meth that Jesse killed in Breaking Bad. <laughs> yes. that, that's what Sid Meier looks exactly. like. So you know what he looks like? Because I've seen a picture of Sid Meier. He kind of looks like Pat Sajak's cousin or something. Oh, like he's very okay. like like That's everyone great. has an uncle that looks like this guy. Either. For whatever reason, in my head, every time I think of a video game developer, I think of the guy Al Jaffe. Or is that Al Jaffe who created Jaffe. Leisure Suit Larry? David? Or no, that oh, no, no, the guy no. who created uh, Leisure yeah, Suit Larry. Um, was it Al? Jaffe? Al no, Al Jaffe was the mad guy. Um, oh, no, okay. David Jaffe. Relax. <laughs> I'm I'm blanking on his name, but he, he's yeah. just like a. A bearded, bespectacled Allo, man. With Allo. That's, Allo, that's it. I don't yeah. know why I always think of him. He's like my go-to video game developer. Leisure Suit Larry guy. <laughs> he's he's like an old school. He's like video game developers were like in the early 80s, but we, <laughs> yeah. they quickly pivoted away from uh, For so, <laughs> yeah. some reason, talking about Sid Meier made me realize like, oh, I, I didn't even think about Will Wright's spore for this. So that's a personal failing on my Ooh. part. But uh, anyway, no, that, that doesn't no. quite count. That wasn't an people People joke. liked spore. Just no. Yeah, did I think they so. really? Yeah, I, I don't know that they did. Yeah, so people liked the the character creator, and then I think they didn't mm-hmm. like the actual game. But uh, oh, yeah. that's that, yeah, that's, we're, we're getting off topic. But Devil's Third, I, th- I think um, when yeah. when I was talking to uh, to you and Woody, Steve, mm-hmm. like you you guys hit the nail on the head. I think this was like feature creep the game. I think it was like sort of like okay, let's make a a hack and slasher, but like set in modern times. All right, but you know, modern warfare, Call of Duty is like really popular right now. So let's let's make it that too, and yeah. uh, let's 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 oh make boy. it Metal Gear. And yeah, it was oh like it's, it felt like Ninja Gaiden plus Call of Duty equals Uva Bowl's Metal Gear Solid. Like that's, that's what I kept yeah. thinking, and that's really what it feels <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, and and it it simultaneously feels like every like about a dozen different games that I played from two thousand one to twenty twelve, and it is super tropey. It has like the weird uh, guy who's in prison, but he's super powerful and gets let out for special missions trope. It has the <laughs> you're being te- teamed with a bunch of elite operators, and your attitude is. I do not have time to babysit little piss baby Delta Force. Ivan, right? Well, our team names are classified, so you can call me Bob. No offense, but I've got a job to do, and that doesn't include babysitting you and your cowboys. What the hell's your problem? Your job is to sniff out the enemy so the hunters can bag the prey. If our little hound dog goes off mission, he gets put down. But, you know, after that pissing contest, they become friends by the end of the game, of course. Um, yeah. That yeah. really does sound like the guy in Suicide Squad. <laughs> Wait, well, yeah. He's like, what the hell's your problem? Dolph Lundgren was not available for VO. That is my problem. <laughs> I'm not Dolph Lundgren. I must break game. And he does. Yes, he kind of does. <laughs> I still don't even know what kind of game this is. So, like, like I, yeah, it's it's mostly like a third person, like hack and slash action game but you go into first person like crosshairs when you're shooting so it's it's kind of this yeah. uneasy balance of the two uh it's kind of like mediocre shooting mediocre sword action uh you get a couple of different weapons like i think yeah. originally in the game they were trying to push up some like acrobatic features like I, early trailers back from 2008 a full eight years before this came out uh we're showing like wall running and like all these cool different cinematic oh, kills and things neat. like that those are all pretty much gone. I think the the game shifted publishers and shifted engines like so many times. I think the final game had to strip away a lot of features from what they wanted. And what you're left with is kind of like 
a game that feels 10 years too late. Like, it feels oh. like it could have been a first-generation PS3 game. Like yeah. Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, Except not a... I, I would say it's better than Duke Nukem Forever. It didn't have I would the, agree. the 30 second load times every time you die. That's something. But yeah. it does have a lot of load screens when you die. And there's this one boss named Grundla Saha who appears oh. on screen exactly once, delivers this speech. Is this what you've become, Ivan? I taught you to fight with your hands. And there you are, a gunslinger, a killer. Without a soul, the wealthy masters offer aid to the poor of Africa and Asia and then take their resources. Are you blind to the suffering? Are you? So, is this really buff black dude with a clear London accent there, but... Yes. Uh, I was going to say, I sound like Ted Lasso, much of Ted Lasso. <laughs> <Yeah. again. laughs> but, but we find out from the loading screens that, like, his family emigrated from Africa to India, and Saha is based on one of the names of the god Vishnu, and did you know he's this old and likes this, and this is what he puts on his sandwiches, and he learned to fight with kukris, when ba 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 and like, this, I killed this guy hours ago. I don't know. Yeah, why are we still getting here. these? Yeah. I bet yeah. that looked great in the design, Doc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's you know. a character named Jane Doe, and like keeps saying over and over again, Jane Doe is a name for unidentified female corpses in America. Wait, what? <laughs> that was one of the, the It should be noted, too, like in true Itagaki style, she is a sexy lingerie boss fight. Yeah, yes. She needs to strip down say, to, yeah, like, there's next bikinis. to nothing. Yep, okay. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. That and checks out. Yeah, there, there's four female characters in this game. Two of them are mostly naked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other two are kind of just younger women who have, like, that sort of little sister vibe to them. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Well said. Blew. Uh, uh, and it just, it's just odd that, like, this dude's career going from, dude, the graphic designer and, like, tech mobile? Really? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and then, like, left in, uh, for 12 years, it's this, and then the last game he ever worked on was Samurai Jack Battle Through yeah. Time for mobile. <laughs> Where he yeah, was, like, he... Supreme Consultant, I think. It was his title. Something like Supreme that. Supreme yeah, Advisor he's, is this he's, he's been uh, teaching game design in Tokyo oh, cool. for a couple years since this. Yeah. Like, oh, and so now he's he Steven Seagal. He, yeah, I really don't mean he's to shit Japanese on him. I don't. Steven Seagal, he's Japanese Steven Seagal. <laughs> he, too, is do? an Aikido master. Or Hapkido, or whatever <laughs> yeah, the fuck he does. Sure. And, I mean, not to get too spoilery for a game that probably very few people Just in the audience are going to How play. much would this cost but to play? I'm pretty 30 sure 30 bucks. Like 30 bucks, 30? actually. Yeah. Because, you know, because if you want to get a disc, it's like 400 bucks. Right. Yeah. But yeah. but to download it is 30. Oh, and that's okay. with online not working. And even then, not really worth it. No. Yeah, yeah, no. No. No, um, no, not really. But, but yeah, the... the Final act is a, a a like a trench shooting thing where it's like sort of like an Omaha beach where you have to shut down these anti-aircraft guns because all these old World War II vets have mobilized to fly these non-electrical planes into battle against attack helicopters. And uh, I want you guys to listen very closely to the music that plays during this. Ah! 
it sound like it's trying to ape Star Wars to anyone else? Oh, yeah. It sounded like Crimson Skies to me. Like, it was trying it's to like, ape that. But, uh, a lot of I John just, I, I have so. to imagine that's what was playing in uh, every white male's head as they drove down to the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hey, uh, speaking of Itagaki's career, I, I, this is jogging my memory. Remember, beginning of this year... He has his own studio now, just Itagaki Games. And this yeah. is the one where he was clearly fishing. He's like, I'd be interested in working with Microsoft again. Mm. Like, like not saying he's been talking to Microsoft, just like putting it out there. Yeah. I would totally love to work with Microsoft. Yeah. Every interview you read with him regarding Devil's Third, like he's, he's ebullient about Microsoft. Like even back then, like five years ago, he's just like, Oh, Microsoft is a great company. I love working with them. I'd love to work with them again. Hint, hint. Anyway, Devil's Third didn't really work out. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah, I mean, um, he's working with them since Ninja Gaiden. Like that was the big Xbox thing, right? Two thousand four. So, I mean, I think that is one of the top two or three best selling games on the original Xbox. Like that's that's not wow. nothing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a huge game. Yeah, not, this game not so much. Forty three Metacritic, by the way. Yeah. Devil's yeah. Third, forty three Metacritic. But it still worked out much better than this one. Number four. Welcome to hell, you sons of bitches! <laughs> Alan is the first to murder! Hold <laughs> <laughs> that shit down! I know this isn't Mad World. This game is so dumb. I just want to make uh, an endless loop of that and just play it as I go to sleep. But here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not going to defend this game, but I will justify why it sounds that way. So this is Drawn to Death by mm-hmm. David Jaffe, right? The premise of the game is it's a shooter that takes place in a high school male's doodles in his notebook, right? And so think of all the stupid shit that, you know, adolescents are doodling in a notebook. Mm-hmm. He's bringing that to life, but it's like, it just doesn't work because it's like, I'm going to, Shit down your neck, poop face, shithead, boo in my balls, and you're like the the thing about high school boys is that they're the fucking worst. <laughs> so like, yeah. and I I take myself into account of yeah, that. Speaking like, I think as a former high school boy, as a absolutely. former high school boy, everything they like is stupid and should be made fun of. I and should never why. have been let near anything. I mean, exactly. I, I skipped high. I skipped high school. Went directly to Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> but it asked me about the vaccine. Anyway, more um, more tasteful announcer lines. Someone suicided. Sucks for them and for those that love them. But it's your lucky fucking day, you soulless son of a bitch. Go collect their gravestone and get yourself a point. <laughs> I mean, come on. I kind of love that, actually. <laughs> it's I, it's fun, ironically, to laugh at it. But if you were playing that game, you would That's just be like, like after after the first time that played, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Don't ever play that to me again." Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, I never I never had the opportunity to play Drawn to Death because it went offline. I think two years after it debuted, and yeah. that was uh, it debuted for free to PlayStation Plus members. And so, I mean, watching videos of it is like this looks really cool i'm not quite sure what the problem is and then going to read reviews and it's like oh it just had like basic match types four player only matches 
that apparently could not even fill a four-player match with the players that were online around launch. And the crassness of the announcer and the overall humor seemed kind of fun. But yeah, I can imagine if I was playing this for an hour and I had that constantly in my ear, I'd get pretty fucking sick of it. it well, part of it is like, so this is David Jaffe, mm-hmm. uh, yes. creator of... of we, we hadn't uh, said the auteur, so yes. Yeah, creator yeah. of Cliffhanger for the NES back in 93. <laughs> um, Obviously, his best known game. But yeah. like, the problem is when this came out, he was like 46... And so it's like, um, do you think this is funny, David? Because this is, this is like not, no, it just doesn't work. I think over he, long he of time. probably does. If you look at his oeuvre, uh, I mean, there's yeah. the first two God of War games he worked on, uh, you know, he worked on Metal. the Twisted, Twisted Metal, Metal series, yeah. came back yeah. and directed, uh, Twisted Metal Black, which was amazing. And Twisted Metal on PS3, which could maybe also belong on this list. I played this game for exactly one hour. Yeah, like you said, Michael, I think that's about the limit of time you can play. I remember when this came out, it was a free PS Plus thing. And, like, I I got real bored with it real quick. Like, I, I same thing. Like, I think it's got a cool art style. And I, I like the really creative character designs. And, like, it, it looked unlike anything else. But it played, like, pretty much every bog standard, like, arena deathmatch shooter yeah it reminds me of that uh remember gotham city imposters yes yeah actually it reminds yes. me a lot of that yeah. Ed- edgy edgy arena shooters were a thing for a while this one yeah. though like the visually did it did look like a notebook come to life like it was like scribble squiggly drawings kind of moving and stuff it, it did it yeah. just i have to imagine like that novelty is going to wear off really quick and what you're yeah. left with i don't know i didn't play it yeah, and, and just, like, watching a playthrough of, like, the tutorial, it's like, this looks so much more inventive and interesting than the actual game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's actual design levels and enemies here, as opposed to just, like, yeah, just run around and shoot at other players. Uh, playing the same characters like this guy. Cyborgula has taken the lead. Cyborgula's a great name. Cyborgula. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I seem to recall like there was a cowboy who like can throw a spike hat or something like that. I, I might be yeah. That, it, there's yeah. a there's a demon demoness named like uh, Diabla Tijuana who does that. I think sure. throws, throws her hat. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I can't get over Cyborgula. It just makes me miss the Venture <laughs> Brothers. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like who, who's that guy Joe Bob that had like the late night horror movie Joe Bob Briggs, Joe Bob Briggs yeah. maybe on show Joe Bob yeah, Briggs yeah. like yes we're, we're and now back to Cyborgula yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this game would actually be improved ten million percent if the whole thing was just narrated by Joe Bob Briggs like I think yeah like honestly like yeah it would it was just like you're leaning into the camp of it and then it doesn't feel like so icky yeah you ever wanted to play as someone who was one part turd one part foul dick well here you go (laughs) let the drive-in never die Joe Bob Briggs is the best (laughs) meanwhile is that for brain damage (laughs) it was brain damage I I I love brain damage we have to settle for lines like this in the meantime you wanna hear a pop song you pop god sure sure this, okay. it, it, it's so, it's so mad worldy. I, I it, mm. like even down to like it, it looks like a, uh, if your TV is broken, this is what Mad World might look like, and mm. somehow boosted frames to beyond twenty five a second. Yeah, yeah, it's like or a bunch of so notebook drawings that like look like they were drawn with a three color pen or something. Yeah, drawn to, mm. and th- there was a almost popular series called Drawn to Life that is, it, like, is that's this? yeah I always confuse this with Drawn yeah, to Life yeah is it but is it playing off that because I thought I was no. one of the few yeah. people who remember that series I thought it was great 
No, yeah, I mean, they were like... Which, which wasn't drawn to life like a real world with cartoons. It's like an RPG. You could draw shit in. And my favorite part about it is on 3DS, when you close the lid, all the people you're protecting went... <laughs> oh no! You're thinking yeah. of a game. I, I'm thinking. Wasn't there like a Comedy Central or a Cartoon Network oh, show? Oh, drawn, like, drawn, yeah. drawn together. Drawn together. Yes, yeah, that's what it, drawn. Yeah, but yeah, I, drawn to life like became scribble knots after a while. Yeah, it and feels I think like they just kind of dropped yeah. it. Like yeah, after two games true. or something like that, they they, they kind of just became scribble knots, which was better. That's part of the joke. Don't you get the joke? We're playing off that with this shooter name because you're I drawn don't to death. I don't listen to anyone who doesn't sound like Adam Carolla playing a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this was the, the yeah. one and only game produced by the Bartlett Jones Supernatural Detective Agency, which was uh, Jaffe's uh, company that he came up is with. Is that after. a Hardy Boys reference? Jesus. Possibly? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you take that to legal and you're like, can we clear this name? And they just look at you and go, you're, you're fine. Nobody yeah. has that name. You're good. <laughs> you're good. Just like push the book of other registered names aside like, no, you're you're golden. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Oh, damn it. Some of this is making me feel like I probably could have made one good game and ten bad ones. Why didn't I get the shot here? I, should have, should have, I didn't Did think that, I was qualified, but now I wish I would have gone for it. Why did David Jaffe get the... I'm, I'm trying to do Corolla now. You got Corolla in my head. Thanks Why for nothing. Why did David Jaffe... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Street. Bircham Because women aren't funny. <laughs> we, we, we picked the wrong proficiencies in high school. I put all my points into writing. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. Right. Where did... Where did David Jaffe get? Did he, has he done anything since this? Uh, I don't believe so. He's no. been, he's been oh. on Twitter a lot, and he streams games now. I think. Okay. Uh, as nice far thing. as I know, I don't know if he's working on anything right now. No. I, I hope he is. You know, but, uh, game of God of War still great. Yeah, yeah. God of War oh, yeah, two yeah, yeah, also yeah. great. I will never forget Twisted Metal one and two. I fucking and black. sure I and love black Twisted games. Metal black yeah. man. Come yeah, on. he made the three best ones. All fantastic games, but Mickey uh, Mania is the best Mickey Mouse game of all time. I I'm sorry, agree. I have to say that somewhere. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't mind Castles of Illusion, and I know that's a controversial. Opinion. It's much better than that, and it's drawn by Disney Animators. One of the first games to do that before Aladdin took all the cr- no Aladdin was first, but uh, mm. it's still wonderful. Have a yeah. sealed copy. And and yeah, Cliffhanger was probably pretty well tested. Um. <laughs> you got to play that Sega CD one, man. There's two exclusive levels. It's true. Uh, different that's modes. True. Way uh, more Hanukkah, hand. baby. I'm Connecticut all even day. Seen that movie. I have. I've seen that movie. No, I'm a, I've I'm seen a the weird, movie. I'm a it's, weirdly... it's, one of the, it's one of the fucking stupidest YouTube copyright strikes I've ever been given. Oh. Playing the Sega CD version, a goddamn 180p John Litgow fucking got, got us a YouTube copyright strike because they play clips from the movie in the game. <laughs> and, oh my like, god. Shit. I'm I'm one of the biggest like Rennie Harlan defenders, so I love. Dude, I watched. I, we had nothing to watch at a, a, on our family vacation, and for some reason, I just fuck it. Nightmare on Elm Street Four, my, one of my favorite. Hell ones. yes, Nightmare yeah. was, I watched Deep Blue Sea last night. It rules. Yeah, nice. Rennie Harlan yeah. rules. Yeah. Uh, it, it, a long kiss, good night. Best Christmas movie you've never. Oh seen. my god, so good. So good. Yeah. So, since you mentioned it, I think Matt uh, Connecticut. Uh, I went twenty years without knowing that David Jaffe was involved in that, and now that I know that, it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yes, the the game about. Uh, Bikini girls who are also motorcycles. Yes, that is yeah. absolutely a yeah. David Jaffe premise. <laughs> absolutely. It, it seems I like forgot that about was, that game. It seems like a game that was named first and then designed later. <laughs> that, that feels like it should be an Itagaki and Jaffe collaboration, yeah. to be honest with you. Like, I, think, yeah. I think Lady Gaga worked on that game, too. <laughs> Connecticut Gaga. Uh, anyway, we should probably move along, too. Number three. I'm calling the cops on you, Mr. Man. 
look like the man to you, lady? Ain't no man here. Mm-mm. Bitch better drive away before I... Uh-oh. Something ain't right. Oh, moldy breakfast burrito done fucked up my pipes. Ooh. God, I... Listen, people. I have an announcement to make. If you don't want to see any mud, but you best close your eyes. And that is how we're introduced to the main character in oh. which game? Bad Day in L.A.? Is that what this yes. is? Bad Day Bad L.A. LA. American yeah. McGee presents Bad Day L.A. And American oh. McGee is a fast, has a fascinating backstory. If you look yeah. at his Wikipedia page, he was apparently abandoned at age 16 by his mother who sold their house and all their stuff and flew off to get transition surgery for, for her girlfriend. And uh, just abandoned him in an empty house that had been sold out from under him with, with only his, like, computer and his clothes and his bed left. And so he fended for himself for a few years doing odd jobs. Eventually met John Carmack because they were at the same apartment complex. And John Carmack offered him a job as, a, I think, a tester. And he went on to do uh, design in, in early id software games like Doom 2 and Ultimate Doom and Quake and Quake 2. And created Alice, the mm-hmm. the critically acclaimed shooter slasher that I never really played. And so Bad Day LA was going to be, I think, the second game by his company, the Mauritania Import-Export Company, uh, after Scrapland, which was like, yeah, this is pretty good. It's, no, it's, it's all right. Yeah, it came out, I think, around the same time that Robots came out, the one with Robert Williams. Yeah. The one I worked on. Fo- the Fox movie. Yeah. It's and With Obi-Wan Kenobi and Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of a similar premise, but people are like, all right, all right. And then Bad Day LA comes out, and it was supposed to be like this big satire of everything wrong with America in 2006, which was the height of the war on terror and uh, the, the big fear that was gripping the country during the Bush years. And it was just this not only broken, but completely unfunny mess. Again, the clip I played earlier is our introduction to the main character, who is a a homeless guy named Anthony, as he's slowly pushing his shopping cart across a freeway in L.A. and just decides he needs to take a shit right there in front of everybody. And uh, then a plane crashes full of biochemical agents crashed on purpose by some terrorists, and uh, everything becomes chaotic, and people start turning into zombies... And for whatever reason, every emergency worker he sees immediately deputizes him and says like, oh, hey, take this gauze and walk around healing everybody and heal 10 people. Okay, now here's a fire extinguisher. Go put people out and spray it on zombies to cure them. Or you can take this gun and kill them. And the whole time that you're doing things, you also have to manage this, not only your health, but there's like a a terror warning meter. And, uh... You want to keep it low by helping people and not shooting them, because if you, like, arbitrarily shoot people or do things wrong, then it goes to, like, you know, elevated, high, whatever, and uh, people will start throwing shit at you. They might start throwing shit at you anyway. It's kind of difficult to gauge exactly what's going on in the game, and you will die a lot. Uh, Things will happen for seemingly no reason. Again, it's very buggy, and I could have sworn it came out on PS2, but, you know, apparently it... It only was PC. It was supposed to be on Xbox, but that got canceled, like, at the last minute after, like, copies had been distributed, I think, to reviewers. Mm. So it's it's very strange because I don't have any any 
perception on how this dude went from making id games to getting his name in front of alice this dude got EA. fired from id and went to making alice it's it, there's like a weird yeah. deal with the devil in there somewhere because like he, at id he was just like a tester right like he he was he was like just tech guy yeah but then he went, then he got went promoted. on to do, be a designer and, yeah then he yeah. went and did level design and and then but like he got fired at this i guess the story goes one day that like he might have been sabotaged. Like someone uh, gave him bad level design device, and then no, Carmack sure. got it's pissed like, and fired him. What was the last EA game you played other than John Madden that ever had someone a human being's that's name what's in front weird. of it? Like, There's like a missing piece crazy of thing. this story. Like, yeah. how do you go from getting fired at it to being like, I'm going to put my name on this? Yeah, game this is not me saying he's not talented. I liked Alice. Uh, I liked that game when I played it on my friend's PC. It was, I thought it was pretty fucking amazing and, and, and uh, visionary. Uh, but I never finished it, and I, they remade it, didn't they? Eventually, or they, they, they did a sequel. There was a sequel. American yeah. McGee also worked on called yeah. Alice Madness Returns. Madness Returns, which I was like, oh, I, I'm not sure if I ever liked this game. <laughs> I mean, I it was that. it was a brilliant piece of branding because I remember yeah. reading that title like, oh, American McGee's Alice. I don't know yeah. who American McGee is, but he must be a big fucking cool yeah. Name, I, baby. I, I remember thinking I should know. I was like, man, I, I must be missing out. How did I miss who this huge game designer was? Yeah. American McGee, you know? Yeah. And it's such a distinctive a just name, like, I too. I think it's just you know? his name. He's got a yeah. cool ass name. Like that's yeah. It. Like, and and he's he's just like gone on to set up a studio in Shanghai called Spicy Horse that are, uh, eventually folded. But uh, yeah, now according to Wikipedia, he's like sailing around South Asia with like a pirate themed game jam that he hosts every year. It, it's wow. I hate to say it. It's a very McAfee. It's it's a John yeah. McAfee type life yeah, he's well, living right he, now. Yeah, he, he was inspired by Jacques Cousteau and just said like, I'm just going to live on the waves and people are going to fund me on Patreon. Yeah. I wish I was yeah that, the the Jacques Cousteau is probably a better, better yeah. comparison than McAfee. <laughs> yeah. Now that you say that. I also like just trying to catch up on the game. I just want to point out once again, I love pointing this out. There are like 12 Wikipedia entries and two of them are Michael. Yeah. <laughs> for this, for this game. <laughs> your name, your name yeah. is on this page. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I, Michael Rapares from GamesRadar placed it on his list of unfunny games, noting the comedic timing being off, poorly direct vi visual gags, and overall horrible voice acting. And mm. oh my god, the voice acting. I'm going to play some more of it. Hey, stupid though, don't you look before crossing the street? Oh, okay. I don't remember nothing. Says your name is Warren, right there. Don't be pulling none of that. My neck hurts shit. We ain't got no insurance. I shit. What you talking about, man? What the uh, fuck? I mean, you can't confirm. Of... That's how people in LA talk. This this checks out. Like, yeah. this, that's no, it fun. doesn't. That, that's... People in, in LA do not talk like you're. It sounds like you're viewing. Cat Williams Periscope accounts. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the main character sounds like he's doing an impression of Dave Chris Chappelle's Tucker. crackhead character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tucker, that also works. Yeah, it, it sounds, yeah, it's it's just offensive all around. I think yeah, we can I mean, all agree. Like, it's it's bad and, yeah, but, and offensive, like, which I, is weird because he got a second chance and and Alice Madness Returns came out after this game. Yeah. So, no, yeah. he, went on, he went on to do better things after this. Yeah. This was a, luckily just a bump in the road. But, you know, going back and playing this now, it's like, I think you were trying to make fun of racism, but it just kind of ended up being racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels, exactly. it feels like inept South Park, basically. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, equal opportunity offender, but like it doesn't really seem to have a satirical target. It's just kind of spraying it everywhere, you know? And, and yeah. That's yeah, a good so way to put it. Yeah. Fa yeah. Failed South Park is, is pretty I always good. Always work yeah. for Rockstar. 
Yeah, yeah and it, that's true. And it tries to do this thing where, like, every level is a different disaster. Like, first level, zombies. Second level, terrorists. Third level, earthquakes. Then meteors. Then uh, flooding. And, yeah, it's it's just, again, playing on American fears that were very prevalent at the time. It's like, what if all of these came true at once? How yeah. horrible would that be? But this did... Help me learn a new word. The second level is like a turret shooting sequence where you're riding in the back of an ambulance with a machine gun. And uh, Anthony is very surprised that the ambulance has a machine gun in the back. I guess let's go. You keep the terrorists off us and I'll drive. With what? You want me to throw some gals at? I see you've never heard of the Hatzala Ambulance Service. Ah, yeah. Now we're talking. That'll work right there. Better be some morphine up in here. Man can't be shooting things without being high. <laughs> the Hatsala oh Ambulance Service. I was like, what the fuck? And I looked it up and it's like, so Hatsala is the, it's a real thing, but it's like in Jewish communities, it's, it's like, especially Orthodox oh ones. God. It's a community run ambulance service that is like non-official, but you know, works with like Yiddish speakers and stuff like that. And it's about like, all right, let's, you know, we'll prioritize the community and get these people to the hospital quickly. Why that would have be an armored ambulance with a machine gun in the back in L.A., I'm not sure. Like, I could see that maybe, like, in an Israeli settlement or something. But... Probably because you weren't high. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Or you, or you had the mud butt, you know? Yeah. That happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take it back. This game's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're getting some mileage out of it, for sure. Oh. Yeah, what is it? Tragedy plus time equals comedy? We're good. It's been a while. <laughs> sure. It's been about 15 years. We can yeah. laugh at it now, I guess. Anyway, let's move along to something people might have actually played. Number two. What is this place? Military base they shut down years ago. It should be all but empty inside. Uh, I think you guys have played this much, much more than I have. Uh, much, I mean, didn't both of us tell you we played like yes. a couple levels and got bored? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's I my said. experience. Yeah, yeah. This, this <laughs> is uh, this is old KG KG Inafune KG Inafune's uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, and Mighty Number no. Nine. I remember vividly when this was announced. I bet you don't remember it as vividly as me. Probably mm. not, but my memory of it was being at PAX and hearing... So Keiji Nofune had famously left Capcom, and one of his unfinished projects was Mega Man Legends 3, and that got wow. canceled, and, and all the fans were like, they're never going to do a Mega Man again. And Keiji Nofune's like, I'll do a Mega... I mean, a Mighty Number no. 9. <laughs> and put that on Kickstarter. It immediately broke all kinds of records. And I remember going to a friend uh, at Capcom, not you, Chris, but... Uh, and, like, I was all excited about it. I was like, have you seen this? This looks so cool. And it's just like, I hate that guy so much. Well, <laughs> it, 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 like... I remember the video of him walking around Tokyo like they took my project away from me like hmm. I'm not going to say a lot about that situation but you quit <laughs> <laughs> you quit you abandoned your project that's the timeline uh and and yeah and, and the idea that, like but you weren't making legends you were making 
Mega Man, what, what do you call it, Prime? That's what Mighty Number no. 9 is. He's he's not making Legends. Hmm. But he kept yeah, referencing. Yeah, it was going to be another 2D to, game. To yeah, stoke yeah, anger yeah. In, in, all these, in all these people who were mad about a game being canceled. As if there would never be another Mega Man game. Where here we stand now. Like, what the fuck? We have Mega Man 11, which like makes this game look like a total pile of shit. <laughs> by, by the way, yeah. uh, it makes you wonder how much he ever had to do with a game because this. Uh, sorry, again, I was on the other side. I'm not. I wasn't super close to Mega Man projects or anything like that, but I had friends who were. This being told to kill yourself every day because you're not making a Mega Man game, and then this dude does something like that. Like these people took my baby away, and when it was so annoying, so annoying, and and, and I did. I swear to Christ, I did not want to see it fail. But it did make me happy when it did. <laughs> it it to be honest, it it took place. He was kind of having a string of failures there. Like there's a couple years there where, uh, so he had this. Do you, do you remember the, it he broke had... crowdfunding records and he kept trying to like crowdfund the anime version and then this other yeah. version? Like you delayed this by two years. Why yeah, would we but... fund more of this thing we've never seen? I mean, before this, like, he was the producer on Yaiba, Ninja Gaiden Z, like, Oof. the one that everyone hates, that basically mm-hmm. killed the Ninja Gaiden franchise for a while. Uh, I didn't know he was attached to ReCore, that, the one yep. that's on Game Pass now. Concept. That, like, the, the, yeah, the game company concept. Yeah, ReCore's but, not terrible, it just didn't didn't hit, you know what I mean? But it's, yeah, he had kind of a string of, it's weird, because when you look at his career, you go to, you go to his, his wiki page, and it's like, yeah, early, like, he's on Street Fighter, the original Street Fighter, graphic design, okay, Mega Man, character designer. His entire career for like 20 years is like Mega Man. And then it kind of stops in 2010. You can tell he had kind of gotten bored of Mega Man. He's like, I'm going to go off and do like Lost Planet 2. I'm going to go off and do Ghost Trick. I'm going to do Dragon's Dogma. I'm going to do this other stuff. And then this was, I think, one of the reasons people thought it was a big deal is him sort of coming back to a Mega Man-like game after several right. years. And mm. paying NT Creates to make it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, oh my god, I just, I'm looking on Metacritic for this game, but I accidentally just typed in his name, and I'll have you know, KG Inafune has a 73 on Metacritic. Oh. <laughs> a human being? Are we doing that now? a human being? Oh he shit, I'm in so much trouble if that's the case. Yeah, I do not want to know my score, do not tell me. <laughs> <laughs> do not know. Uh, how many Meow Meow Beans? Yeah. Have you Dude, this game has a 52 on You're not popular to be listed on the Meow Meow Beans website. Wow. <laughs> this game has a 52 but the Wii U version, Steve, here's for you, a 48. Yeah. Even oh, yeah. worse. Yeah, we're, we're getting to that one uh, a little down the line. Uh, my my experience with this game otherwise has been, I think, much like all of yours. It's like, oh, I played this for an hour, got bored, and stopped. Like, it's hard to even really point out, like, what doesn't work. It just I kind can. of, it feels really but, uninspired. But yeah, because we were trying I, to figure it out. Because it's, it, it's very well highlighted by Mega Man 11. Mm. And, and and that like the levels are well designed and there are things to do, and right. I I didn't get to play this again. But Michael was playing it. And, like what I remember really hating about it is that, I, I you know I, I I'm not saying I kickstarted it, but maybe I did. And and, and I, I, I looked at full disclosure. I, I was sure. working at uh, never mind. But uh, but all these things that were promised, and it's not so much like you didn't come through with your promise. Like no, it was supposed to be Mega Man plus this mechanic, and that mechanic were these powers you could use in between shooting things, the absorption, comboing stuff. That was flatly broken from the beginning. It wasn't just broken. Yeah. You couldn't combo to things because the levels were populated with nothing. 
There was they nothing were so there. empty. Yeah, you were like mm. dashing between enemies because there was nothing. It, it, it has a combo counter. I'm like, ooh, you better get something. I'm like, you didn't put anything here. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. I can do. Uh, it's it's it, so funny because this thing, it's like Mega Man 11 came and basically did everything that Mighty Number no. 9 had promised. Like Mega Man 11 did have a new mechanic that worked. Remember like the time warping stuff, like the rewind yeah. feature and all that? And it's like, yeah. like this game promised, like we're going to we're gonna take the Mega Man formula and give you a new mechanic and it's going to be so cool. And it failed. And then 11's like, hey, this is why you like Mega Man. It's super charming. You know and love these characters. And uh, it plays amazing. The, the reason I bounce out this game is it might have been patched in, but it felt so wrong. Like it just did yep. not control the way you that's expected a like, Mega Man game to control. Yeah. Like it just wasn't tight and slow, at all. slow, slow. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Just that kind of intangible feel that games have. It's like sometimes you can say, "It's like, all right, yeah, I, I, I can't really say why this just doesn't feel right." I can't. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you are. You said. I you totally, said it, I totally me. fucking hated this. Yeah, and, and, I, and I thought like not only not only was it a bad Mega Man game, it didn't come through in its problem, and it's made. By NT Creates, who made a shitload of great Mega Man games. Like, yeah. awesome Mega Man games. It, it didn't make any sense. It was delayed for years. It broke records in crowdfunding. And you remember, also, you remember this is a time where we're learning about how much games cost. And we learned, like, this broke crowdfunding records, $4 million. And, like, and then they got an additional, like, double that amount from a, a publisher. A Deep Silver, was it? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they received additional cash. But all that led to was additional delays in a deflated product and people were pissed and it just it's interesting i have I'm, I'm, i don't travel in the same circles anymore and i clearly don't work for capcom i don't hear anybody talking about wanting another mega man at all game game after no. th- this in 11 because like this like ugh, this is a, this is as bad as it can get and mega man 11 gave us what we wanted and like maybe we don't need that every year we, we also did. Want- we did have really bad Mega Man saturation for a few years in the early 2000s. Like they were, yeah. they were spinning off. Like yeah. there was the Battle Network series, and then the Mega Man and Bass series. And or don't base you or say whatever. a bad and, thing yeah. about Mega Man Joker? Oh, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bad mouthing them. I'm just saying Mega we had a Star ton Force? of them. Yeah, Star yeah, Force. Yeah, we had. Uh, Advent ZX, ZX Advent. Like it was confusing. It felt like it every month confusing. we were getting another GBA. Like remember what he did. Like he worked on that was sort of actually more like Mega Man. What? No. Like when, when this basically he released games that were competing with this because then like like Wait, we said Azure he Gunvolt. Yes, he was attached yeah. to this oh. game and then kind of left and then he went off and made the Azure Striker Azure Gunvolt series, which like actually get decent reviews and it's just like oh my gosh, like he once again Inti creates. Mm-hmm. Y- yes, and yes, and Inti created those as well. And so you're like, how did Mighty Number no. Nine miss? Like it's so with strange. all that time and all that money and that wonderful, wonderful genius behind it. I don't know, but I do know. No one's asked for any more ever since, and I couldn't be more satisfied. Um, it was a rough time. It was a rough time in my life. It really was. Like that—that that mm. was the worst packs I'd ever experienced. I've Ooh, never wow. sat at a table with my coworkers and said nothing for minutes, <laughs> just because it was like, this is all anybody's going to talk to us about for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um. Th- this sucks. There were... Yeah. Never mind. But now we get. Yeah. We got. Yeah. 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 Understood. Uh. But anyway, we should probably. I'm not unbiased, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. We we should probably plot along too. Number one. You see, the fabric of time is a delicate thing. And the Sony bestowed the sword with certain time wandering capabilities, which have been used to alter our own perceptions of reality. Right. 
The man you know is Kagi Mishima, a descendant of the evil Osaka, found out about the discovery of the Daikatana before I even had a chance <laughs> to examine the ancient artifact. Oh, who's going to make you his bitch? John Romero is. Oh, I'm going to suck it down. Oh, no. <laughs> it sounded like Fernando from GTA Radio. <laughs> giving, a morph- give- giving a Morpheus speech to Lorne Michaels. <laughs> right. That's right. Right. dead right. on. Right. 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 Usagi Miyamoto, which is never never mind. That's the the name of the the character from Usagi Yojimbo. Like that's yep. kind of weird. Um. So did did you play this during uh, the? Ultra sixty four and sixty four run. We like, sure did. I was I was looking at my rankings to see where that wound up. We aggregated our lists and kind of came up with a definitive ranking. Out of two hundred ninety seven games, we gave this one number two eighty eight. Wow! So down near the very bottom of the list, the the N sixty four port of this game, Dai Katana, is. Uh, an absolute I'm sure it's the superior shit. version. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it might even be better than the PC version, but there, there's really no winning with this game. I, I think I've heard it's the absolute worst version. So Daikatana is actually three <laughs> games. There's mm. the, the PC version, or Daikatana Prime. There's the N64 version, which is a bad port. And then there's the Game Boy Color version, which oh, is yeah. wonderful. It's great. It's I have so it. great. Awesome. Like, what the hell? This should have only been this ever. Yes. How does that even happen? Um, and was that not even released in the States? No, I think it was Japan only, but you can find like a ROM hack translation. Yeah. Only yeah. made available as a download with a Nintendo Power magazine peripheral. Oof. Wow. <laughs> what the wow. Fuck? Yeah, I think Japan, it might have been in Europe, actually. I yeah, I think wrong. it was in Europe. Yeah. 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 But um, my main memory of Daikatana is just this shit. So I could never get past the first level without cheating. The frogs. The frogs and the fucking dragonflies. You are mobbed by all these tiny, fast enemies that will... Dodge your bullets and fuck your shit up. And that yeah. that is the first level. And like, all right, John Romero, congratulations, you've made me your bitch. Now can I play a fun game? Because <laughs> this isn't it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know what this game looks like. I only know that advertisement because I've seen it so many times. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this is just an utterly tone-deaf, ridiculous game. Like, the, the only black character in his name is Superfly Johnson, and he's a pimp. Ah, yes. Like it's it's uh, completely named like, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the well, actually, I actually have a clip of uh, Superfly Johnson talking to oh, to the God. credit of the creators. This is not as broad as what we heard in Bad Day L.A. Oh, where yeah. to? Our best bet is to cut across the crematorium. You seem to know your way around here pretty well. Must have been in here a while, eh? Good, say that. I'm a former employee. Head security chief Superfly Johnson. That's your service. And we so we have yeah Superfly Johnson and uh, Mikiko Ebihara, I think, mm-hmm. which were an early attempt to do sidekick characters in a shooter, and they were infamously one of the worst parts of the game. They kept getting hung up on level geometry. They kept 
dying really easily and then you like if they died it was like you died it was like a game over situation and yeah it wasn't wasn't great it wasn't I, great i believe if if i remember correctly i think the n64 version cut the ai characters like yes. they were still in the game but you couldn't they weren't like they the, the n64 just couldn't handle having that many characters like autonomously on the screen which is probably to its benefit it makes up for it with really horrible platforming segments which First-person platforming in the N64 mm. is never a good idea. Hell yeah, Turok style. Let me exactly. stare down at my feet as I make every jump. It's so <laughs> exactly. weird to think of, like, John Romero working with Warren Spector. They just seem like very different personality types at Ion Storm. It's just like, Warren Spector seems, like, kind of unassuming, you know, for... Yeah. Both really nice guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is, I've I've met Romero. He he worked with Yubi for a very brief while. They did that a Ghost Recon Facebook game that didn't really ever take off, and like he would come by with Brenda, and he was super nice. And you're just like, I mean, beautiful head of hair, by the way, fucking beautiful oh, yeah. head. Come of on, hair. look at that thing. I mean, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's what I heard about him is that he, like he's he's mellowed out a lot, but he was kind of the enfant terrible of the of the 90s you know he was kind of that's that's where that horrible ad campaign came from was this idea that he was like this smack talking like online uh uh, multiplayer badass you know and Mm -hmm. so but that doesn't really translate like unless you all have a really good idea of who john carmack is this bright red ad that says he's going to make you his bitch is not going to make you want to buy his game. Or, or John Romero. John John, John Carmack. Oh, I'm sorry, John Romero. Drove around in in Ferraris and did math. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. John Carmack's yeah, yeah. gonna be a John Carmack's gonna buy you his bitch. <laughs> John Carmack's gonna think very long and hard about making you his bitch, and then put a team on it and be really efficient, or or fire you if you're American yeah. McGee. Apparently, John exactly. Carmack's gonna push bitch technology ahead fifty years. <laughs> He's gonna come up with a great new bitch engine. You're gonna love it. You think you've ever bitched, bitch? <laughs> you must be high. Uh, but yeah, but that that I, I think that ad campaign rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and and it was you know I, I understand the spirit. I don't that it was know what the to. game looks like. I just saw that ad for what felt like fucking years. I mean, if, you, if you've years. ever like if you've ever had like something in your eye, and then you rub it really hard, and then like there's a lot of spots in your vision, that's what the game looks like. It looks like any N64 first-person shooter. It's it's muddy textures and mm-hmm. lots of browns. And I, it's just I, I, I not am looking up footage of it now, and I can't really see what's wrong with it. Does, I mean, who are these idiots putting it at 120 frames a second? But whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, It's difficult to know what's bad about it, but it, it did co- colossally fail. Yeah. I think 40K. Yeah. Co- More people will download like our podcast this week. Then uh, <laughs> bought this game. Yeah. Well, I think also the N sixty four version wasn't wasn't it like a blockbuster rental exclusive or yeah, something? It sure like you was. Buy it. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. There's and, a handful of those. And it's also weird. Um, so Daikatana was announced in ninety seven, came out in two thousand, and I like reading that. It's like well, a lot of games take three years to make. Like, why is that? Because I, I remember, like, the language around it at the time was like, oh, this is taking forever to come out. This is never coming out. It was like Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. Except Duke Nukem Forever was, like, in development for, what, like, 15 years? Something like yeah. that? Devil's and Third, in all, eight in all, years. In yeah. all likelihood, within the industry, people heard about this game, like, three years beforehand. Yeah. Mm. I, my neighbor at my old house worked on it for seven years on a game with John Romero that was never announced. Oh, Ooh, wow. <laughs> because that's the the state of things back then. Like, that could have happened. 
and he had like very few people had the cachet that his name did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it was yeah. possible. I mean, he was the secret boss in Doom 2, and everyone loved that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the head behind the icon of sin. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But he, it's weird. I mean, this, I don't know that, did this game, I mean, it slowed his career down, certainly, but I can't think of anything huge he did after this, right? It's, I think he's, he's just, he's just a worker, man. He's still, he's been making games the whole time, mm-hmm. just not as high profile, but like, that that happens when when like a company decides they want to make you the face of a game. Yeah, like yeah. I remember, like I had a, like just a very brief conversation with Jade Raymond about that, which like wasn't totally her decision. And they were like re- releasing pictures of her with every game. She's she's never stopped working. She just doesn't get talked about as this is her game. Come look at her, <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, it's weird because if anything, now I'd say his wife Brenda uh, is like more well-known or she's out there doing more because she designs so many games, you know, like she, she's, she, I think she was, yeah, she was, she was a famous game designer even before they met or anything like that. And so it's just like, yeah, they're now this weird, it's like this power couple of game developers slash designers, but uh, yeah, they, they both are just kind of, you know, doing their thing. Like you said, they got heads down, they're working. Yeah. Well, they, they, they were heads down working for a long time and then uh, they, they have their own company now, Romero games. They've made three games since 2017, Gunman Taco Truck. Sig- that game's good. That Sigil game's good. and Empire of Sin. Gunman Taco Truck, I want to say, is one of his sons designed it. And oh, it's oh, like yeah. a mobile game that uh, it's like a roguelike. It's 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 actually quite good. And then, yeah, Empire of Sin. I, was that on Game Pass? Or that yes. Still? Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, I guess, a mob 1920s like mob strategy game, something like that. Hmm. I, haven't, I haven't tried it yet, but... Uh, but yeah, I think, I think Daikatana absolutely kind of set the mold for, for this whole phenomenon of an auteur kind of stumbling once on their own. Um, and re- rather infamously so. And, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people were excited for it for a long time. And then it came out and it's just like, oh yeah, this game isn't very good. It, it, it was like, if anything, when you kind of look at his career afterwards, like this was a humbling experience for him. And it was a course correction. Like He's it. like, okay, I'm sure yeah, I'm. Like even the games he works on, they're much smaller games, and it's just like, yeah. well, maybe I don't need to be this big, outrageous persona. I, I should just, you know, make stuff I'm into and mm-hmm. like. And, and I mean, even yeah. the fact that we're talking about it is like, I can imagine him going like, I will never escape this stigma. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he has a good sense of humor. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. reading game magazines, playing a ton of Doom, and like, I don't know who this guy is, hmm. but now he's going to make me my bitch. And to um, his credit, this was not this was an ad campaign he really had to be talked into. Uh, yeah. he, he thought it was a bad idea, um, and and it, that was borne out. But yeah, yeah the ad guys talked him into it. It happens sometimes when the, the yeah. games industry gets too high in its own farts, and like, yeah, everyone knows who this. Everyone's going to get this. Like, dude, I didn't get it at all. I, I played Doom six times last week. I, yeah, I only know who this guy is because of Penny Arcade. I'll be honest with you. Like, there's a couple <laughs> of Penny Arcade comics. And... Yeah. But anyway. You think I sit through the credits in Doom? What have I made of free time? <laughs> Don't disregard well, everything I've said the last Even his hour. face in Doom, you can you can barely tell it's him because yeah. it's like so primitive pixel yeah. graphics. Yeah. And it's got the word dyke in it. I've never, that's never sat well with me. Yeah. <laughs> dyke katana just means like big katana. It's like, yeah, it's the big sword. Go get it. Which, do you even use a sword in that game? I don't remember ever encountering a sword. It it travels through time also. Oh, there you go. I guess I didn't get that far. You can go back to ancient Greece and fight skeletons, just like real historical uh, ancient Greeks did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read about that. Please, I want the most creative person listening 
I've never demanded a Photoshop. But if you could, if you could please show me Dick Van Dyke a ton of, I would really appreciate it. Really How about just a katana with a Van Dyke? There's just a beard on it. You know? I could do that myself. It's a katana from the evil mirror universe. Anyway, we should wrap this up. That was our top five. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed jawing about it. On that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. A little bit of boss fights where I don't die. A little bit of savings and of lies. A little bit of polish in my game. A little bit of graphics that aren't lame. A little bit of design that's smarter. I'll show a little caution on Kickstarter. It's actually Mega Man I adore. A little bit of instant bias remorse. Mighty number nine. Let's get scratching. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse and 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And then my absolute favorite thing I'd never heard of until Michael put it in this doc. The Flintstones colon Burger Time and Bedrock. I wanted to find more trademark screens, but this is very much the arcade classic Burger Time. Yep. Done with me, ya pal Fred. And he beats up, he beats up like the Great Gazoo as if he's an enemy. But it is like a, a much slower Burger Time with a story. You know what they don't have? What they didn't shell out for? The Flintstones theme. But the Flintstones theme they came up with for Flintstones Burger Time in Bedrock is one of the most sublime and melancholy things I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It's there, yeah, this yeah. is a, this is sadder. Like <laughs> like if Wilma leaves Fred, this is what this is what he's driving through with him in the middle of the movie. He's driving through the rain. Flintstones meet the Flintstones. <laughs> that is like. Am I really not attentive enough for Wilma? I'm too old to move on. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yay! And welcome back with... Sorry. And welcome back to our final... Sorry. And welcome back to our final segment where I just came up with a stupider gag than ever to avoid hitting this button. Oh my god. You had me. again. You had me. <laughs> uh, it was a legit mistake at first, and then it's like, you know what? I'm really into this. I uh, was ready to edit those, and now, <laughs> and Mike now they're in. Leave them in. Leave them in. <laughs> So, The Ascent, you've talked to us about this quite a bit uh, over the past week, Matt. You started out not liking it, and then you came around on it, and now you love it. Yeah, you've seen me take the turn on it. And I, after listening to other criticisms of the game, I realized why I bounced off it at first the way I did. Mm -hmm. It's because the beginning of The Ascent is not fun. 
but stick with it because it gets very fun. So the Ascent is on Game Pass, I should say that. Um, it is an isometric twin-stick shooter RPG Diablo-like. Cyberpunk. And on paper, as I was telling you guys, it should. This game sounds like it's made for Matthew Allen. It's cyberpunk. It's got a loot system. It's on. It has RPG mechanics. And when you first play it, it has some charm. Like it's beautiful. Like the environments are fucking beautiful. Like what they're able to do with an isometric world. You're just like this. It looks so much more cyberpunk and full. The world looks so much more full than Cyberpunk 2077, right? It is pretty crazy. It looks like a pre-rendered Final Fantasy background Mm. come to life and it moves. Where did you play it, Matt? I played it on Xbox Series X. I I played my... But I I should say, I played on Xbox One. Yeah. It is the most taxing game I think my Xbox One has ever encountered. It's... Well, it's... And I Mm. I could see why, because it, like particle effects and other types of things like it, it is it's beautiful for a reason that's the environments i will say that the characters look a little plasticky which in my mind oh, yeah. i'm going well it's cyberpunk so maybe they are made of plastic so it's uh it's it's there's the trade-off and plus you know you rarely zoom in close to the characters like they do some artistic camera stuff for cutscenes every once in a while for, but for the Except most part for the three and a half minute loading time i experienced on an elevator where like i was able to like go get food oh, it, was, it, it was it was so a series long X, that that is like a 10 second load so yeah it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, wow. like i know it's not the same for everybody but like man it it took like five minutes to start up i thought it was broken oh but but i'm but i'm sorry maddie i'm with you i i i was thought it was a little slow for a twin stick shooter until i got a little further in it and yeah I'm, you, I'm totally you really do it. have to you have to get further in because it's like the way it opens up, let's call it the tutorial levels. They kind of give you one gun. It's the pistol and combat's very one note. You haven't unlocked any of the augments or powers basically that are mapped to your bumper button. So it's like, basically it's just like, yeah, shoot at enemies, run in circles or run away while shooting at them with, you know, whatever. Except that that shit in this game respawns previous. If you've yeah. loaded back into a level, it'll, it'll load enemies you've already killed holy shit you cannot backtrack even once you get past that like there's some there's definitely some balance issues that i'm I'm assuming they're probably going to patch out where it's like there's some weird difficulty spikes at the beginning but once you get a good arsenal of weapons and once you get your your powers your augments um and your tactical weapon which is like grenades and stuff like that like the game has a really good flow i just dig the loop of the game at first i like I wasn't even reading the flavor text because part of the problem, this is so one of those games you're like, this was a PC game that they brought to console. Like the text size is all too small to read on a TV Mm. and stuff like that. It's even the controls, like do yourself a favor, go into settings. If you're on console, turn auto aim up to the highest setting because you need it because it feels, it feels weird otherwise. Oh, and they also do a kind of a bad job of explaining some basic systems in the game. Like I, I kept dying and I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I dying? And then I realized I had like 12 skill points from leveling up that no one had ever taught me how to spend in the skill tree. And so once I did that, I was all of a sudden very powerful. And it's like, there's some clunkiness there that I'm like, man, once you get past the clunkiness though, like I am digging this game. Like I can't, I can't stop playing this game, guys. Like it's, it's Hmm. fucking, it's so cool and it's so cyberpunk. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a Diablo shooter, then if you're a Game Pass subscriber, like give it, give it a shot. I meant to ask Dave about it. Um, just cause he, one of his favorite games of the previous generation was Enter the Gungeon. Mm. And it, it, it does seem to offer like, Nonstop. Uh, it's like it's like a, a next gen Enter the Gungeon with like sure. the most amazing visuals hmm. you've ever seen. 
Yeah. Uh, but I just haven't, I haven't, I haven't found a good flow of like, just get me to action, please. Like, let me go do something. It, it takes about half an hour before you, like, the quests start opening up. And even then, like I said, it's clunky. Like, there's some side quests that I, it's like, it tells you your level that you should be for each quest. Makes sense, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm over level. I can go do that quest. I can't get to that area until you progress the main story yep. a certain thing. And there's no indicator like, hey, don't even bother trying this quest because you're locked out of it. There's some shit like that. Or you're trying to follow the radar and you walk into an area you have no business in. And you... That is the first thing to discover is press up on your D-pad and it yep. just does like a path in front of you. Like, here, go yep. this direction. Don't e- don't even look at this map. This map is useless to you. Get this map out of here. This map map sucks. Doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, but the but the the little auto direct thing works like a charm. Just do that. Um, so here's something I'm curious about. Yes, sir. Uh, I played the just the beginning of the game and it's talking about like. Oh, you left to find a new life on this, uh, you know, exotic alien world, and you had your, you, you paid your passage fee by becoming an indentured servant for this corporation. Yeah. And now you have to work off your contract before you can live free on this world. It's like, what's so great about this world? Cause it looks like it sucks. Yeah, like, you're, you're, you, know? yeah you are an indent, and then uh-huh. it, through pretty early in the story, your your rights get transferred to another corporation. It's it's fucking mega mega corp cyberpunk bullshit. Right, again, but I'm, I'm, not I'm even... just thinking like what what is waiting? Like why would someone sign on to this? Like what is better about this world than any other giant like, holographic on? titty women dancing in the background? Yeah, there's right. a lot of those in this game. That's, that seems like a good incentive, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I so, mean, just imagine how bad Earth must be. In twice that the holographic titty women than Earth. You guys know how much I love my titty women. <laughs> giant and holographic. That's the only way I like them. Yeah, Blade Runner 2049 style. So, yeah, the, the ascent... Um, if if you tried it and went and bounced off it within the first half hour, I would say go try it again. I re-downloaded this game to try it again because I'd heard so many good things, and I'm like, I must be missing something. And yeah, it's it's the kind of game where like you get past some of the rough edges, and it's uh, it'll hook you. The loop will hook you. It's it's pretty cool. I did give up after before half an hour, and then my inner went internet went out for over a day, and mm. I couldn't work. And if this show is late. Just remember that's solely because. I got to enjoy the descent or the ascent. That is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or we had to record late. It's also online co-op, which of course none of us partook in, so we can't speak mm. to that. But I, my understanding it does is look like, cool. Yeah, like a lot of these games, it, it that makes it even more fun. So and it's got couch co-op too. So oh shit, yeah, single screen it. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Michael, tell me about Blaster Master Zero. Well, uh, Inti Creates, which we discussed hey, quite hey, a bit hey, in the first go. half, uh, has done a bang-up job with the Blaster Master Zero series, uh, kind of taking that classic uh, walking around plus piloting a tank uh, gameplay from the NES original and uh, re- repackaging it in a way that makes sense for next-gen. And uh, this this is, you know, it continues in the same Vane, uh, once again, as, as Jason Frudnick, you, uh, pilot a, a tank called Sophia and, uh. Enslaver it, of frogs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it, it jumps around, it shoots things, it's, uh. But I think we can all agree Blaster Master, uh, reached its pinnacle with the 1990 novelization, uh, Blaster Master from the Worlds of Power. Hell yeah. I mean, obviously, it, he's it never got better up than the that. novel. And there are footnotes. Oh, yeah. He has made With notes in the novel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did he I was, I'm adapting this. I'm writing it into, I'm trying yeah. to do like some kind of podcast nice. series about these because they're ridiculous. But, uh, is that, is that by FX9, which I think was a pseudonym for several authors? <laughs> 
FX9, yep, yeah. the the famous uh, the famous Mercurial author. Mm-hmm. Which is also where you can find Always Sunny next season. It's mm. going to be confusing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Steve, as a man who read every, literally every Shadowrun novel, I tip my hat to you. Oh, sir. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, that kind of surprised me that, like, yeah, this this was apparently, like, the, the names for the U.S. version, Jason Frudnick and his frog, Fred, and... Uh, they kept those names for Blaster Master Zero as an om- either as an homage to the original or is this like, no, this is just what it canonically is. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I thought somebody made the argument that like because of the books, that's the way the U.S. is going to know about these people. We can't go beyond the books or the sequel can't defy the books. And they actually adhered to it. It's so weird. Games very rarely do that. I remember, like, like Pitfall Two is informed by the uh, Saturday morning cartoon, right? But other than that, is is the missing frog element in the original game? I don't remember if it's in I don't the think original so. game. I, I think it. Is, well, I know there's like a giant frog boss that I think might be his pet. Mm. But, but it's not a. It's like not his, a kid. Yeah, no, he his his frog escapes and goes down a hole. It's like Alice in Wonderland, and he yeah, chases after. Yeah, but I think in the Japanese version, it's not a kid. It's just a dude with a fucking tank. That you know could I mean? be. It doesn't mm. start like that. Yeah, but I mean that that is like they keep the names but it is just like it's a uh yeah, Jason Frudnick, a luminary in the field of robotics, uh discovered this alien tank and jumps around in it. And uh yeah, it's no, it's a fun side-scrolling action game mixed with bits where it's like a uh, top-down isometric and you're on foot and you go and shoot a bunch of monsters and it right off the bat like um I haven't played the the other games recently enough to remember if this was a thing. But there's this bit where you it just presents you with these different colored gates with little diamonds on them. And it's like you shoot one of the diamonds and it opens a gate and then you shoot the others and it's like it's not doing anything. Why isn't it doing anything? And that's when you realize like, oh, if I switch my weapons, the weapons are color coded. And if I shoot like Mm. the blue weapon at this blue pedestal, then that opens that gate like, oh, okay, you found a clever way Mm. to teach me this. Yeah, the nice. first two have been great. They nice. really have. Yeah. And and it's great to see the Sunsoft name again, which used to be a huge market quality for in in my opinion mm-hmm. for the NES days. Oh, any NES uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch, one of the best oh, games yeah. on the oh, NES yeah. secretly. Batman, Gremlins, yeah. goddamn. Uh and yeah. I I also played a bunch of uh well, I played a little bit of Here Comes Nico. Which Cousin is, Nico it mm-hmm. isn't a God! <laughs> <laughs> Well, this this Nico is uh, it's an adorable game about uh, somebody who becomes a professional friend, and it's Aww. it's a platformer with like it it has a really unique look in that it's like here's this bright, colorful 3D platformer, and all the characters, including the one that you control on screen, are 2D. So uh, it is kind of weird that you're, you're controlling a 2D character that moves like a 3D character. They'll just like face different ways when you're running. And uh, when you jump, it's easy to get kind of disoriented because like you can bounce against uh, you can bounce off of walls and dive. And so it's like it becomes a little confusing how this 2D character is moving in this space and where you are relative to everything else. Hmm. But it is it is fun. It's I think being billed as like a platformer for tired people. Uh, which is is just to say like it's Sign me it's up. very chill there's not a lot of conflict or pressure you're not killing things you're just exploring and platforming and finding people that you can do favors for like the, there's a food blogger who wants you to bring her like 30 butterflies so like all right the butterflies are floating around everywhere you'll just organically gather them while you're doing other stuff and 
Like, oh, report back to her and I get a coin. I get a certain number of coins. I can buy a train ticket to the next island. Yay. So it's 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 fun. It's chill. I think it's like 20 bucks on Steam. And uh, hmm. I don't regret the purchase. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's adorable. I recommend just going and watching the trailer. I don't regret not purchasing but playing on Game Pass Dodgeball Academia, uh, which kind of came out of nowhere. Mm. surprised me. And I looked at it. also released on Steam this week. Um, it is, speaking of, of games where you're a 2D character walking around in a 3D world, it's got a little bit of that. Uh, this game, I haven't played so much of it. I'll probably have more impressions next week. It's giving me strong golf story vibes where mm. it's it's mm. an RPG where you will – it'll break up the RPG talky talky stuff with dodgeball matches, uh, 2D dodgeball matches. So, yeah, I mean I'm digging it. I, I, I like that kind of thing. I love golf story. It's, it doesn't look like golf story. It's, it's like modern cartoony looking. In fact, the character design, I'm like – this looks straight up like that the new Cartoon Network style that everyone makes fun of. Like all everything looks the same. Like the characters are drawn that way. Oh, the CalArt um, style. The CalArt style. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very much got the CalArt style. But um, hey, another Game Pass game. So give it a shot if you're wanting to play. God, the second dodgeball game of the year of our Lord 2021. Look at that. Wow, it's the year it's of having, dodgeball. dodgeball's having a moment, man. Yeah, yeah. You dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll never get Vince Vaughn back. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Why not? What else is he doing? Sorry, buddy. Got a got a peacock series going. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Wish I could. Hope, hopefully, Freaky too. I don't know if Freaky that would make sense great. for him God to come damn. back for that. Freaky was so much fun. Is that like Freaky Friday, but like like a weird twisted yes. version of it? Yeah. Yes. Exactly that. Okay. Yeah. Except yeah. Vince Vaughn is a serial killer who swaps places with a high school girl. Nice. Um, and then wonderfully He's runs so like her for the rest it's of the movie. It's goddamn great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's it for new releases, so let's move along, too. I know you love this sound so much, Chris. God damn it! Got to be honest, guys, kind of a, a slim pick in uh, news week in terms of actual game news. But one of the things um, that is reporting on that didn't happen, a Nintendo was allegedly uh, supposed to be part of these these things that the kids are calling the Olympics. You guys ever heard of that? You heard of that? No, heard what of are Olympics? they? Tell me. These no, I mean, if you remember, the, the baton was literally handed to Mario at the end of the previous Olympics. Yes. Yeah. In a, yeah. In a pipe. The, oh, yeah. The ceremony, like Nintendo was all over that. Well, and, it, and they were supposed to be part of... The opening ceremony for uh, the Olympics, which this is supposed to be the 2020 Olympics, but because of the pandemic, is happening. It really this got year. all fucked up. Uh, yeah. The the, the uh, Super Nintendo Land in Universal was supposed to op- open the week the Olympics did. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But so the opening Obviously ceremony did contain 19 pieces of video game music from games like Nier, Monster Hunter, Final Fantasy. I think Dragon Quest was in there. There's one bunch of these. Dragon but, um, Quest was infamously in there. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so Nintendo was supposed to be there, and even Shigeru Miyamoto himself was, like, meeting with the people about, okay, what's our involvement, what we'll play, but they're supposed to be, you know, you can imagine the Mario music, Zelda music, like, famous-ass Nintendo music. It, either it was a last-minute cut, or, like, the guy with goddamn Hitler-like control over the music, like, I'm doing my favorites! You're not getting Green Hill Zone Sonic up in here. Yeah. You're gonna get, like, Sonic 2's, like, second-to-last well, level. It wasn't it, even that. It was all just, like, JRPG music. And I remember, like, reading down the list. No, Sonic like, is in there. Is it? Really? <laughs> yeah. 
was because I was reading down the list and it's like, well, I recognize this from Final Fantasy and the rest of these I've never played, <laughs> and this from Dragon Quest. The, the Monster Hunter ones you might have recognized. So there's only one. speculation on why they got removed, but it basically it looks like the creative director who was planning the whole thing they switched at the last minute, and it was it almost reads like it wasn't that like the new creative director like pulled Nintendo out of it. It's just that Nintendo kind of got spooked. Like, Hey, you're changing all these plans last minute. Like we're out of here. Like we, we don't want to be involved in this. Yeah, thing. We're, we're mafia criminals. Wrong. And this, con- we constantly do this. Jesus Christ, Nintendo relax for fuck's sake. Everyone's stealing your music every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know how much I would have fucking like if, if I, I would try, I would start practicing for the Olympics right now. If you told me I could walk out to F Zero's Mute City, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff like they, these Olympics have been really cool in that they, you know, it's Japanese pop culture. So there's like, I love by the way hearing the news talk about the Gundam as a Transformer. They're like, yeah, there's a Transformer watching the event. Whatever helps uh, it make sense in their brains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a reference to last week's Rick and Morty. Like, at one point, there were plans to have, like, Akira on her red motorcycle traveling around, like, the opening ceremonies, and that got cut. So other stuff did get cut, but, like, it's crazy. I've, I've loved watching. I mean, I, I watch the Olympics whenever they're on. I love the Olympics. But, like, to see the Olympics in Japan has been cool for kind of a geek like me. Um, but, yeah, it would have been cooler to see Nintendo be part of those opening ceremonies. It would have been cooler to see people not get COVID. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that, too. There's that, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, I'd prefer that. Hey, just, just apropos of nothing. I had to fucking block some listeners on my social media accounts uh, for spreading anti-vax information. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, no. Do that in my presence. I will it. slap you down, and I will do my best to embarrass mm. you in front of you and yours. Speaking of COVID, I, I didn't put it here in the notes, but um, one of the bigger... I, I've been trying not to just do all the stuff that's getting moved because of COVID, because everything is. Mm-hmm. But one of the mm-hmm. bigger things is Horizon Forbidden West got moved to next year because... Uh, oh. Presumably because oh. of, of delays this only a week COVID. ago? God damn. Vacations are good. Damn. Mm. Yeah, so uh, looking forward... You know what, though? That gives us a the chance. more time we to get a PS5. We have to go play that expansion. All three of us have said we need, and I'm assuming you two. I speak. have the complete version. We've all yeah. said, yeah, we're going to go play that that expansion for the original game. So now we have a, at least a half a year. So let's mm. go do it. And I don't have a PS Cinco, so I'm I would get I'd be fucked either way. No, I mean you, on your PS4 regular, you can play that expansion. I'm talking game. about the new one. Oh yeah, yeah, the more PS5 games that get delayed, the better for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have some friends who've been really getting into the Horizon uh, tabletop game with uh, all the hand-painted Ooh. figures and everything like that. So I hear that one's pretty rad nice. if, if you need nice. a fix. Um, here's another game that we keep saying we need to play. We haven't. Uh, that Ghost of Tsushima Legends mode mm-hmm. uh, mm. is being turned into a standalone game. So, And I think huh. this is all oh. getting timed with the Director's Edition coming. Um, this comes out, I think, in September. And uh, there's also like a new Rivals like they're going to have a PVP aspect to this uh as part of part of this re-release or whatever. So keep an eye out for mm. that. Um t- speaking of DLC stuff, uh Street Fighter 5 announced their final character, the last character from I guess the last season. It's it's Luke. Luke is the character. Luke! I know you guys were yeah, Luke, he's everyone's new. favorite. Great. Who's Luke? He's new. He's new. <laughs> he's a new person. He's a uh, they're saying he is important to the future of the Street Fighter series. Uh, I don't know. They didn't give us any more details other than that, but that's what they said. I'd in... like to think it means more white people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> well, there, there was a meme going around like every white person in Street Fighter Five has blonde hair. It's just like, yep. come on, guys. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so so this was revealed by director Takayuki Nakayama at the Street Fighter V Summer Update. Um, Lucas, uh, he looks it looks like a fast Balrog, like he he he's like a kickboxer, a kickboxer but looks a lot yeah. faster than him. Um, he'll be added into the game. He's coming this November, uh, and he's again available through that. There's like a the premium pass or like the last character pass. Um, and they also showed off more of. I think these are characters they'd already announced, but that are coming. So Oro right. from Street Fighter Three yeah. and Kazama mm. from Rival Schools. They're coming um, pretty soon, August sixteenth. So I would, I would, I would be most excited for if you're a Street Fighter fan, and I could be wrong about this, th- despite you know certain pedigree. I, I'm, I'm shocked they felt they went through with this plan, like the, uh, to be a live game and like updated this th- just throughout the last five years. Um. I don't think they'd release a last fighter unless there was something new coming soon. And by soon, I mean probably next year. But like, uh, that's really exciting because, you know, Street Fighter was kind of denied a platform of the previous generation. Uh, mm-hmm. so maybe that won't happen again. I, I, I have no insight. I really, I do wonder, like, yeah, moving forward, are they going to do the Sony partnership again? Are they going to? I hope it up? they realize it was not worth it <laughs> to to not reach millions of people for a little bit of money up front. Um, hmm. Yeah, I just wonder though if Sony. I mean, Sony bought Evo, right? And yep. so it's the perfect combo. Like, yes, if they basically own Evo and own the exclusive rights to Street Fighter, that's quite a combo. If they lose mm-hmm. the Street Fighter thing. I don't know. I don't know how valuable know Evo is to them at that mm. point. I don't know either. I, I I don't even know if this this even worked out for them really. But it was just the way I always sort of wanted to see Street Fighter. Even though I know the rollout didn't please a ton of people initially, I think most Street Fighter fans are pretty happy with the game now. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Never mind. I'll stop. I'm not an expert on this, and I will I will stop talking about it. I don't want to come from a place of well, authority. I mean, it's fine. Here's one thing I know you're an expert on: is Fortnite. I'd like you to yes! tell us all about Cami. <laughs> Kimmy yes. and best value guile coming to Fortnite <laughs> oh, on August seventh. What is that? What does that mean? Best value guile. He, have he you looks seen like him? a knockoff guile. Is how your looks, point it, is? Is he like working in a grocery store? I, I He's think, got an uh, apron. A tweet he looks like a Tekken character like, dressed up like guile. Yeah, there, there's a tweet that Grim liked that is like it, it described it perfectly. It's like uh, shows regular guile, Doctor Pepper, and then this this version of guile, and then Doctor Thunder, like one of the generic <laughs> Doctor Pepper knockoffs. He's 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 Sure, he's Guile in name. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in hair, sort of. Oh, sort wow. Of look at that. Yeah. Yeah, he looks yeah, okay. Now you know what I'm talking about. It's the yeah. biggest Fortnite yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for this edition. Well, I just love reading about this stuff because when you read the stuff they have in them, it's like um, they come with the, the back, back blings. And, and, and round two loading screens. And I'm like have not playing Fortnite Hell yeah. in the last several years i'm like what the fuck does that mean backlings and they come with exclusive loading don't forget to get your v-buck vaccines (laughs) not available on apple (laughs) yeah and there's apparently like a tournament where if you want to earn them early uh too late because that tournament happened on the fifth but sure um so so, yeah and 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 you can't buy him but you can pay to unlock him maybe yeah and remember they're joining (laughs) reuse in there so true. and Cammy wears pants now, which is mm. okay. Great. I, 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 sure. This isn't for me. I'm in the process of throwing away Street Fighter things, so I, <laughs> I, I don't know. And I mean, who else wasn't Ariana, Ariana Grande was in Fortnite recently, or will be mm-hmm. in Fortnite? Like Fortnite yeah, like is becoming Space concert? Jam. Yeah. 
Fortnite Superman is Space Jam 2, basically. Fortnite has it been is. Space Jam mm. for years. You just haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Okay. Now with less yeah, Jabberjaw. Did Jabber Joe Biden Thank give you. a speech during Fortnite or something? Probably. Yeah, yeah Fortnite is, is slowly becoming the oasis from Ready Player One. Yep. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's that for real. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is all the news. All right. Um, well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week. Was because uh, the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer hit and seemed to be pulled directly out of my nine-year-old self's mind. Uh, <laughs> thought it would be fun to ask people, what's your favorite Ghostbusters game? Uh, Steve, you weren't here last week. Do you have a favorite Ghostbusters game? I do. I actually stand really hard for the Genesis version uh, really? with Big Head Bill Murray. Yeah, thank uh, you. I, That's I, my I don't know. I've always liked that game. Uh, I think it's a pretty fun little like side-scrolling hop and bop shooter. Not without its flaws, but oh, it's, it's hard to find a Ghostbusters game without flaws. Mm. It's it's <laughs> the best. Game. I don't think there's I don't think there's one good like fully good Ghostbusters. You could probably I, point to the 2009 like like uh, uh, you know mate big Ghostbusters game. That one's fine. But. Because I because I Irish goodbye the podcast um, uh, last week the the Hal game the, the the real what is it Ghostbusters two real Ghostbusters two oh on NES uh, yeah the but on yeah Japan oh, Ghostbusters only. two yeah oh yeah oh, yeah Japan that one it's fun. awesome oh, yeah, yeah. it's pretty good and uh, yeah that I think one's it's good the, the arcade one is great but sucks and NES one's great but sucks like Steve said the Genesis one is great but sucks um, yeah yeah. I start up the uh, the uh, Atari one. What, who is it? What do we call that? Ghostbusters: The Game Remastered. Uh, that's mm. probably yeah. the m- one most worth your while. But anyway, when when you said Atari one, I thought you meant like the, oh, the one that was on twenty six hundred. No, yeah. no, it's like no, the, the, no, one no. of the shittiest versions of that game, which is actually decent on like Apple II and C sixty four and nothing else. If I ever yeah. recommend an Atari game on this podcast, please kill my parents. I, I, <laughs> that's what's so weird about that Ghostbusters. So I'm, I call it Ghostbusters 2009 because that's the one I worked on. Mm. That is the one that, yeah. after Vivendi got absorbed by Activision, that got sold to Atari of all people, ended up publishing it. And I was so bummed just because, like, I was so stoked to be working on that thing. And I just it was like, come on, why couldn't we release this thing? I, I, uh, I, I love that yeah, game. Yeah, so but- if somebody else doesn't say it in the comments about it, like – um that movie or that game was made before Harold Ramis died. Yeah. Yeah. Before we knew like the Ghostbusters foursome would be impossible to recreate again. It does a really good job and it has all the music, the sound effects, the repartee, uh, Max von Sydow's in it, even though he's dead. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking wonderful. He was dead at the time. They, uh, they, was he really? No. He was oh, still. God damn it, Michael! <laughs> and like, oh, the game took a long time in development. Don't do that to me. Max Moncito just eating a bunch of hot dogs and they're falling out of him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> My friend John Melcher was the was the executive producer, and I know that was like a dream project for him because he 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 helped write a lot of the bits on that game, and he basically was working with Ackroyd and um, Ramis, like as part mm-hmm. of the, you know the writing team for what they were referring to as the third Ghostbusters movie, like that that. Yeah. That project is Mm -hmm. supposed to be like the continuation of the series. And I mean, Bill Murray showed up and tried and I think does a good job. Like he's he's been famously combative and uh, uh, kind of indifferent to this series, but he showed up and he was Oh, and John had some great stories about trying to get trying to reach Bill Murray. He's like, yeah, you basically 
No, it's it's just like it's one of those deals where it's just like you mean he doesn't like just have people you go through, and he's like, not really, no. But my my favorite Bill Murray story, I think he was on Letterman, and he was talking about he asked him about Ghostbusters. He's like, I just don't know that we need another one of those, but like, I'm doing a game, I'm doing the game, and I'm doing the voice, and I'm having a ton of fun. Like, uh, yeah, they're playing the music in my ear. And, you know, after like a week of this, I'm like, I left the recording studio in New York and I'm walking around like, who are you going to call? Bow, bow. And then like a stranger caught my eye and the look on their face is like, dude, move on. <laughs> <laughs> move Never. on. I've seen that. It's so good. <laughs> That's good. Only in New That's York really could good. that be someone's reaction to seeing Bill yeah, Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. I believe his words were like, get over it, pal. <laughs> Jeez, like, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, let's get into the listener answers. A man riding a woman riding a motorbike says, This is going to be the 2009 game for me by default, since it's the only Ghostbusters game I've played aside from the demo for a twin-stick shooter around the same time. Sanctum of Slime, I think. Uh, it's got a semi-unique twist on your typical TPS, drips with fan service, and was the game I was playing... When my 360 red rings. Oh, no. It was oh boy. It was Which time? <laughs> yeah. Actually, it just reminded me like, oh, yeah, this was one of the games that I played uh, the week after I was out sick with Salmonella in 2011. I took a, oh, a week boy. off of work after that and played through Ghostbusters the game and uh, Half-Life 2 just for fun. Still um, won't eat at Wendy's. They're not a sponsor, right? I will never no. eat Wendy's again. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jinjo Fluffer 69 says, uh, I will argue all day that the best Ghostbusters game is Luigi's Mansion. Sure. And, uh, three, three. And you're not wrong, Jinjo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it encompasses all the best aspects of Ghostbusters. You have humor, scares, fantastical technology, bumbling protagonists, a ghostly antagonist, and even a ghost dog. Uh, that is a very good. I love answer, that movie. Actually. Ghost all yeah. the way of the samurai. I was mm-hmm. kicking yeah, yeah. myself because that was. I always used to say like Luigi's Mansion is just Ghostbusters. It's the best Ghostbusters game. I used to literally say that, and then I, I settled on the Genesis game the same way you did, Steve. Mm. But that this is the yeah. answer, Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> if the only character was Ray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, you, you got to see Luigi in his tidy whities It's disgusting. <laughs> that does, does scene where Luigi gets the ghost, ghost? blowjob. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's we the got joke. The same place, Dan. My bad. That's <laughs> the reference. Gross. Uh, on Twitter, uh, at Logical Dojo says, "I'm sure the clever answer here is Luigi's Mansion. It is. Uh, my next thought is of Wisp wearing out their welcome on my island." Charming though he is, he means his Animal Crossing island, by the way. Mm. But my real answer is Big Boo's haunt from that million dollar gem, Mario and the 64 Bits. It's a great level. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Great level. A lot of, lot of creeping around, a lot of, lot of tiptoeing around, oh, yeah. um, outsmarting ghosts and uh, unlocking secrets. It's a good haunted mansion level. It really is. Mm-hmm. I replayed it yeah. recently with a 3D All Star. That uh, piano still terrifies me. Yeah. Oh, oh God. God damn. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's right, design-wise, right out of the real Ghostbusters. Like, they could easily have fit in that show. Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Do you think I said a 12-inch <laughs> pianist? Hmm. <laughs> 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 bum Jebbards245 says, uh, my favorite Ghostbusters game is Extreme Ghostbusters Code Echo 1 for GBA. I'm not yeah. familiar with this game at all. 
Uh, its graphics and gameplay still hold up. It's a bit like the Genesis game with platforming and shooting stages, but there are also some driving sections in between. Definitely a recommend. Damn. That's cool. I'm trying I to think if I played it. I, I seem to remember one for Game Boy Color that was not very good, so maybe this one's better. I know hmm. the theme song scares me. Hmm. You've not heard it. Look up the Extreme Ghostbusters <laughs> theme song. Yeah. It's, it's a bit different. Yeah, it feels like a mm-hmm. remix of the original. But uh, and, or worse. the official Later Time community on Facebook, Chris Lee Hosett says, That arcade Luigi's Mansion where you use an actual vacuum cleaner to bust ghosts. Yeah, I believe he, awesome. he means Capcom's Luigi's Mansion. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, that's all. That's really all I know about it. I didn't mean to fucking. Well, another listener chimed know. in after this that like at their arcade they had this one next to the official Ghostbusters arcade game that had a similar right. wand gimmick, and really? he said this the arcade Luigi's Mansion was way better than the Ghostbusters I one. I believe it. I don't doubt it. Uh, Brenny Goat says the uh, Commodore 64 version was the first video game I ever bought with my own money. Also, my first Toys R Us. Grab the tag and take it to the window experience. Uh, it was a simple. It was simple as hell game, but but driving around the incredibly grid-based city and constantly crossing streams by accident has always stuck <laughs> with me. I probably liked it more than it deserved, uh, but I paid for it myself, and it still holds a pl- special place in my heart. I get that. Nice. I get that. Yeah. Oh fuck! I forgot about this next one. Oh my god. Hmm. Uh, Chad Fujihara says my favorite Ghostbusters game is probably the now delisted Pokemon oh. Go clone Ghostbusters World. It was Ooh, fun using the AR mode to hunt for ghosts in the real world, but I guess it wasn't enough to keep it going after only two years, despite pulling in ghosts and characters from across all of the universes. Oh, I man. yeah. Forgot this was a thing. I remember there was a Harry Potter one of these. I think it was one yeah. of those like I heard of and always meant to check out, but then forgot about. So, oh well, it happens. Well, was it? A, you mean a mobile game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm I'm bummed. Uh, Void, you know those those like VR walk in VR experiences had a Ghostbusters experience, and now they are bankrupt because of COVID, oh, and no. never get oh, to wow. experience that shit. Right? There is an um what like a Vegas Abu Dhabi Ghostbusters experience we'll never know about. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, well, we have a couple video answers as well. First from Daniel Peckham, who says... Hey, BGA. Daniel Peckham here. Uh, sorry this is a little late, and I know it's very last minute, um, but if there was ever a question of the week that was written specifically for me, it would be this one. Uh, Michael asks, you know, hey, now that the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer is out, you know, what's your favorite Ghostbusters game? And considering I am a massive Ghostbusters fanatic, and in fact, I just Ooh, found a Dana Barrett. the uh, Hasbro Plasma Series Dana Barrett figure on clearance at Target the other night, um, I got to answer it. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my Ectomobile. I got the, the Ghostbusters logo on the hood and the doors. I get an orange light up on top that needs a little bit of work. Um, but to answer the question, I think I would have to say the 2009 game. I played a lot of the others. I played the, uh, uh, the, the David Crane version, um, the Commodore 64 back in the day. It was a lot of fun, but the 2009 game is like the most authentic ghostbusting experience I've ever had. It is one of the most satisfying games I've ever played. It is one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, the fact that I get to play as an intern and not actually one of the guys 
is a lot of fun because that means I feel like I can I can play as myself, and hmm. uh, you know about about you know twenty years ago when the when the game was being bandied about, uh, guys on the the Ghostbusters forums would talk about it everywhere, and uh, we even had Ryan French uh, show up on uh, GBHQ. I know um, him. So know Matt, him. if you got more information, if you got any kind of you know. Uh, anecdotes at all, please, please send them my way. I'll be more than happy to share them with uh, uh, with Chris and Troy over at uh, Crossing the Streams um, and the uh, the Yes Have Some you know crew at Yes Have Some podcast, um, or even the uh, Proton Charging website or GhostbustersNews.com. Um, anyways, thanks for the question. Thanks for being so awesome, and I'll see you next episode. Take care. Michael oh, would you. never allow me to plug that many things. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing a friend that I know mention. He's like, yeah, Ryan French. I'm like, yeah, that's the rookie. That was the dude I worked with. Ryan's a good dude. Small world. Nice. Mm. nice. Small world. And, and I, I remember, like, am I crazy? Like, I started up uh, a few weeks ago, actually, just because, like, why not? I've never finished the game. I've played hours and hours and hours of it several times. Mm. Love it. It, the 2009 yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah. No, it's perfect. Uh, it had that remaster, didn't it? Like two years yeah. ago. Or something? Yeah, it's okay. it's always on sale. I picked it up for five bucks like two years ago. I own it on like three systems. I love it. It's one of those. The licensing has to expire eventually. So like, if you right. see it on sale for five bucks, just pick it up. To, to have yeah, it. I own it on Steam, so I don't lose it. So I, um, yeah, uh, but but you never hear the um, Ghostbusters game say Slimer. Um, hmm. The word Slimer until the, no? the game. Well, because technically in the movie, his name's not Slimer. Yeah, it's like the they don't address him. It's, it's like yeah. the Ewoks, where <laughs> it's never He's said. Onion Head. He's Onion. I know this. Yeah. yeah. Or that yeah, little but, spud. Mm-hmm. Do they call him Slimer in 2 in Ghostbusters 2? I don't think He's so. He's just driving a bus. Yeah. <laughs> I think not until the animated He just kind of shows yeah. up, but it's, it's sort of, it seems to be sort of an allusion to the, like, the idea that he was their mascot on the show and. Yeah, mm-hmm. hanging around them for some reason. Yeah, he yeah. was their Orko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then he started talking yeah. after season one. Is the um, we have one more video answer from Gallatin Carhart, who says, "Ghostbuster game that you love? I'd love to say the NES game from my youth. Oh, when I got that NES, oh, Mama Cole, she got the little Gallatin Carhart that Ghostbuster game because she's like, I know you love the Ghostbusters movie. I'm like, I do, I do, I love this." And I played it, and I was like, it sucks! <laughs> but I didn't tell her that. Don't tell it to Mama Cole. I, I, I would, for years, be like, oh, I love this game. It's so awesome. Until finally, years later, I told her, like, it sucked. Uh, but I'm going to say that, that Ghostbusters, the game on the Switch, which I know came from other things, but I played on the Switch because it's on the go, and I like my Switch. That's the game right there. Anyways, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. And I guess I got nothing else to say. Maddie Allen, don't you dare. Don't you dare pop off. <laughs> Make it easy, fellas. So, yeah, don't, don't pop so off, Galton man. Carhart, I have to tell you, <laughs> listeners, he tried to cut a wrestling promo on me in, in retaliation for me challenging him on last week's show. But he, he made one mistake that even every amateur pro wrestler knows. Amateur pro wrestler, that's funny. Um, never fuck with the booker. Because I have the pencil, or in this case, the edit button, my friend, so I can edit out your fucking wrestling Aww. promo. I win. Matt Allen is the best of all. And here I thought we were just trying to keep it on topic, not be petty. No. 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 
We welcome criticism here, Matt. God damn There's it. nothing more powerful than the power of the pencil, as JR would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not me. There's only one place I allow criticism, YouTube comments, which I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, new question of the week. Returning to the top five topic, who's your favorite video game auteur? Um... You know, the, the, the pat easy answer for me is Hideo Kojima. He, he created one of my favorite series, but I'm going to actually say Jordan Mechner, uh, who hmm. created one of my first favorite games, Karateka, and, uh, went on to make, single-handedly make not only that, but the original Prince of Persia, and, uh, was also, I think, creative director. He had, he had some big role to play with Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, which is one of the best games of its generation. And, uh, he, I think the last thing I'm aware of that he did was the, the Karateka remake that he did for like PS3 and, and, uh, iOS and a couple of other things that was almost more musical than, you know, it, but it, but it was, uh, like it was, it was almost a rhythm game, I guess is what I'm saying. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed by his body of work and the fact that he's been doing this for so long, but uh, I'll yield the floor to someone else now. I just want to say, especially while Steve's here, <laughs> who I was on the um, uh, We Universe podcast, shitting <laughs> all over Epic Mickey 2. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Epic Mickey Deserve 2 is it, terrible, but Epic, Epic Mickey 1 is has flaws, but it's very charming, and I, I've had... I don't know of any other artu- video game tours I've had longer conversations with than Warren Spector. And I, I, I obviously love some of his previous work, Deus Ex, blah, blah, blah. It's not as good as Epic Mickey. But um, but that he he was trying to make a game that was uh, not only supposed to be giving tribute to Disney, but trying to make them relevant in a different medium again. And, and maybe that didn't succeed very well. But it's like, it's what I would have tried to do with a yeah. Mickey game. And um, I, I think it's a valiant effort. Uh, I've always liked him for that, and I, I enjoyed our time talking together three times. It was a lot of fun. I, uh, man, this is this is gonna sound like a basic basic ass answer. Um, at first, I was you thinking, at first, I was thinking like Sid Meier, just because Pirates was so addictive. Like I love Pirates, and in, in Civ, yeah, I get it. But I gotta go basic, man. Like every time Shigeru Miyamoto makes a new game, like I show up and I fucking love it, and just. He has so much charm and whimsy in all of his games that he contributes to. It's it's Shiggy, man. Like it's it's a Shiggy, yeah. man. He's he's the best. Getting Shiggy with it. Yep. You gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll throw out um maybe not necessarily my favorite. Probably some of the ones you guys have listed would probably uh rank a little higher, but in terms of being an O-Tour who has a very distinctive style and you always know his games, David Cage. Uh, mm. who did, uh, from Quantic right. Dream, he did Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls, and, uh, my favorite of his was Detroit, Be- uh, Become Human, which I think was kind of the most, uh, uh, well-constructed idea of his vision. Like, his style doesn't always clash, and sometimes his dialogue is clunky, and sometimes you have to press X for David or whatever, or press X yeah. for Joshua. Or for Jason. Whatever it is. Jason, that's it, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes it can be pretty awkward, but he's got a style, and he, he's yeah. got a very distinctive, uh, uh, fingerprint. I mean, Indigo Prophecy, I thought was fantastic. At, it, that's a until great Until the, the end, uh, I remember yeah. that was always the criticism. It was like, wow, this is amazing, and then it just completely fucks up the <laughs> The last third of the game yeah a little bit a little mm-hmm. bit yeah not a good closer but yeah an interesting 
filmmaker or interesting uh, interesting gamer or in- yeah. interesting game yeah. developer. By the way, I, I do want to tell the listeners like if you're going to default to Kojima, there is IGN has a great article called the top 100 game creators of all time. Check out that list because you might surprise yourself and remember names that you're like, oh shit, yeah, like this guy does all these games I love. So like, go check that list before you just default to Kojima, please. Do or that. Miyamoto, yeah. or yeah, yeah. Hey, I looked, I looked <laughs> at the list and Miyamoto still won. So. Yeah, fair. Yeah, it would be stupid not to say Miyamoto. <laughs> Chris, uh, Sonic's creator Akira Hedgehog. Uh, so who is your favorite video game auteur? Let us know. Go to VegaGameApocalypse.com and answer under the comments. For episode 431, alternately, you can visit the official LazerTime Facebook group. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we'll collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Steve, once again, tell us about Ultra 64 and Wii Universe. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ultra 64 Podcast, and that's where we'll have everything related to uh, our past show, Ultra 64, and our current show, We Universe. Where we're covering all of that stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Ultra 64 Pod, and that's where we're doing deep dives onto different series that our listeners vote for. We just wrapped up our series on Tony Hawk, and we're about to do a brief one-off series on NARC which I'm very excited about Ooh. because our, uh, our our voters have a fun sense of humor, which I really love. Uh, I also, kind of a new thing, I just uh, was added as the fourth co-host of Talking Terrific Television with uh, uh, J.R. Rawls, who I know nice. is a big uh, uh, contributor to the uh, VGA community, as well as uh, uh, Jared Hornbeck and Vanessa Hayden. And uh, we're having a lot of fun talking about The Sopranos on that show. So... Yeah, it's uh, that's that's where you can find me. I got to send you my uh, Bobby Bakla uh, T-shirt I just got. Oh, I want to see it. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> nice. You got any plugs to send, Chris? Oh, I guess. Um, we're I think we're gonna try and get comedic duos up this week for Laser Time. Thirty Twenty Ten is a new bonus show uh, that I've been told I have to call. Nobody puts classics in the corner. That was not my decision. <laughs> nice. That's pretty uh, cool. Like yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's paywall, so I don't care what it's called. Hmm. Uh, Just call <laughs> but it I would if it was if it was public facing. But uh, that's where uh, Diana's classic corner gets stretched out into um, a whole show, where we talk about the classic movies from before thirty, twenty, and ten years ago. Uh, we talk about those thirty, twenty, ten games is the June episode coming out. Bonus time this week. I have yet another COVID scare. My dog runs away. Uh, somebody tells me uh, immigrants are causing COVID spikes, and I, we've also seen pig and uh, jungle high, jungle cru- jung- I have not seen Jungle Cruise, but somebody on the show has. Okay. And Sarah and Sam. Okay. Uh, so anxious to yeah. hear what they thought. I, I have yet to see. They love it. Hmm. Is, is one door red and the other blue when you play the Muppets play Jungle, the jungle cruise. cruise Party Cruise, you jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does give me strong mummy vibes which i love so yeah. i'm down yeah for that. wish i love mommy more but yeah <laughs> i i my my argument like sarah comes she comes at me like why are you again i'm like i'm not against this it's just that like of the thousands of 
the dozens of rides I've ridden at Disney World, this is not the one I'm like, man, I wish this was a movie. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, like, this is, like, make the, you may as well make the fucking Tiki Room into a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, who yeah. the Make the yeah. Indiana Jones ride into the next Indiana Jones movie yeah. before you make a Jungle Cruise movie. Yeah, you, you, every time you watch it, it's a different movie. It's, it goes down yes. a different track. <laughs> yeah. Yes, fuck that. Show me, sh- show me Guillermo del Toro's Space Mountain yeah. before you, oh, hell before yeah. you <laughs> make yeah. me watch. Jungle Cruise. Jesus. Uh, all right. <laughs> Show me Lawsbarn Trier's Matterhorn. I mean, that's just Cliffhanger. We already talked about Cliffhanger. We did. Uh, <laughs> uh, talking about movies, Chris and I sat down for a commentary, a Monday night movie of Point Break, which I believe is still up on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash C. Allen. Uh, that was, believe it or not, in celebration of its 30th anniversary of Point Break, uh, a classic, one of my favorite movies. So go check that out. I believe that's also going up in audio form on the Patreon pretty soon, which is pretty nice. You can get access to that at the $5 or more per month level, patreon.com slash laser time. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, you can find us online at VigigameApocalypse.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparaz, that's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Twisted Metal on PS3, which could nope. maybe no! also belong on this list. Yeah. <laughs> the cat just bounded off Chris's desk, and he's chasing it. He's chasing the cat now. Oh, he's closing the door. That's a good idea. <laughs> a, the cats can open the door. B, you now have two files because the cat stopped the recording. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, well.